Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. tried to do Batman voice and then Steph threw me off. You know what? I didn't do anything. It is what it is. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Box Office Pictures. I'm your host Ernesto Santos along with my co-host Matt Diaz. Oh my god. Well, we're just going to move on. Just We're just going to start the show. <laughs> it is what it is. It happened. Oh my god. We're just going to move on. <laughs> well, we have, this is how we're Steph's starting. Here too. We're, yeah, he's, yeah, Esteban's <laughs> back. Uh, well, whew, we're right. Justice League. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Took me a minute. There it is. You found your voice. Your Batman voice. <laughs> <laughs> Where were the other dogs going? Fuck Oh wow! Well, Esteban is here. He's the we're reviewing Zack Snyder's Justice League, the long-awaited uh, release of his version of the movie, and we brought on the biggest DC fan we know to talk about it. Esteban, thank you for coming on once again to the show. Great to have you on. <laughs> thank you for having me again. Uh, what is up, box office Avengers? I do have a question. Was I supposed to watch it before this? Uh, you know what? No. It's, if you saw the other version, you would do just fine, all right? Well, They're practically the same film. God. Oh my God. I think that's going to trigger me for the rest of my life now. I'm like, are they the same film? I'm like, how dare you? No, they are not. Oh, we're de- we're uh, going to get into all of that. Yes, we are. Uh, yeah, and top of that, we have a lot of news to talk about this week. We're also going to be talking about what we've been watching, but let's get right into it. Ernesto, literally, we were about to hit that record button, and then you're like, hey, did you see this latest news that just came out on Instagram? I'm like, what are you talking about? It was... Um, yeah, we got some major news that just dropped literally a couple minutes ago at the time of us recording this episode. The Walt Disney Company, who who says they don't come with surprises almost every single time and just drop a whole bunch of information uh, like that. So the Walt Disney Company has delayed a whole bunch of movies, but also it, it comes with like, a, you know, we yes, we delayed it, but we're doing other things. So let's start with uh, from Marvel, Marvel Studios, Black Widow. Uh, it was originally supposed to come out on May 7th. They pushed it back to July 9th. Uh, but with that, which something that said they were not going to do, I bet with the times they caved. Um, so Black Widow comes out July 9th. It will be coming out in theaters and on Disney Plus with premiere access. So Ernesto, we've said this many times before that if Black Widow comes on Disney Plus premiere, we're paying the 30 bucks to see it. I'm I'm very true to that. I will pay thirty bucks to see Black Widow at home. Yeah, 
I might. I don't know. Or I might just – in that case, I might just go see it in the theaters. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I forgot. The theater is an option. That's right. Like, if um, I absolutely have to pay, I might as well just go see it in the theaters. Bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's I might. I don't know. Uh, well, I, let me start this. Are we surprised with this? Because I feel like we were no. moving toward this – like it was inevitable that if Marvel wanted to continue releasing their movies, they were going to have to do this. No. I'm surprised, but I'm also, but I am surprised of how long it took them to put it onto Disney Plus because it got postponed one, two, three umpteenth times already at this point. Where it's almost, and I'm gonna be honest, like I was pumped for Black Widow when I like we first saw the trailer, what like in 1999, and then <laughs> and and you know I I was like oh great, and it got pushed back. I was like yeah, like everything else, and it got pushed again, and then people started releasing stuff, and then Warner Brothers did same day as in the theaters on HBO Max, and then Disney Plus was releasing their stuff, and then Black Widow just kept going and going and going, and I, I'll still watch it, obviously, and I'll probably yeah. be, will be excited about it, but I'm, like, the hype is kind of gone for me at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't blame you, and yeah. I think that's, I think that's why they, they ended up having to make that difficult decision, I guess, for them. It was easy for Warner Brothers to, like, you know, like, to me, honestly, when Wonder Woman did this, Disney and Marvel should have done the same thing. Yeah. Like, look, we just got to commit. And so I'm honestly surprised they're pushing it back even further. But I think, you know, money. I think people by July hopefully will still run to the theater and um, and they will get a little bit of money out of that, as well as people paying it to watch, you know, watching it at home. So yeah, exciting. Cause I mean, especially because Black Widow is – what is that going to serve to the new face? Like, is it going to introduce a new, what, introduce a new villain? And then I kind of just see it as like an epilogue to her character post-Endgame. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it looks like anyway. Um, but regardless, Black Widow is coming. got pushed back to July 9th. It's going to be on Disney Plus with Premiere Access and in theaters. That's exciting that, you know, that's all happening. Uh, at least at least this this sounds like it's going to be the last pushback. It's, you know, <laughs> at the yeah. very least. They're not pushing it back anymore. On top of that, Disney has also made some other announcements to some of their other films, including Disney's Cuella. Uh, the film will continue to re- be released on May 28th, but it will do so in theaters as well as Disney Plus Premiere Access. So, so that will be the next big Disney release to come out. Um, but Disney also gave uh, uh, an update to their newest Pixar film, Luca, which will be going to Disney Plus exclusively. Gets this at no additional cost. It will not have a Disney, will not have a premiere access. It will now officially become a Disney Plus exclusive, and that will be released in July, I believe, June or July. So a lot of big announcements to come from Disney just mere moments ago. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like uh, again, are, are, this seems like the right move to make money, or you know, all around. Yeah, probably they just they see the state of you know, vaccines and everything coming out and they're probably feeling, everybody feels a little bit more comfortable about pushing their titles out now. This hopefully could be the last set of delays we see. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. We're we're definitely winding down to the end of it. And and Luca will come out on, uh, on June 18th on Disney plus, by the way, which will be one week after in the Heights comes out, which we, you know, as, as we know, the (laughs) guys are dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so as 
as also so, part of the news, uh, Warner Brothers had bumped up the release of In the Heights, so that that will be released on HBO Max and uh, in theaters on June 11th. Um, so what, what do you think? Like, I mean, I guess we've had this conversation before, but quickly now where it looks like we're ending to the, you know, the kind of the going down to the end of it. Do you think that Disney should drop their premiere access because HBO Max is doing just fine by by 100%. releasing it with no additional fee? <laughs> oh, of course, I think that they should, but they won't because they know that that there's just certain properties that people will be more than willing to pay for. Like, you know what, right? Like Raya and the last, I just watched Raya and the last dragon. Um, and that's because like my, um, my sister-in-law and my brother bought it. And I was like, why are y'all going to buy it? Like, don't pay 30 bucks for it, dude. They're like, oh, I was like, the, the baby doesn't even know what's happening. We're watching it, we're watching it for us, not for him. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, Esteban's like, thank you. I'll, I'll, st- I'll still watch it though. I'll still, watch it. I mean, you're going to buy it. Like, don't start it until like, I'm in the room. <laughs> I know, they're like, oh, okay, so you don't want to watch it? I was like, and that's not what I said. I mean, I didn't say all that. No, I yeah, yeah. Watch it. yeah, I mean, I, I just said you should have spent the money, but since you already yeah. did, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the popcorn, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? My thing with uh, with that is just like, like HBO did it. You're, there's no additional, you know, charge for it. Disney already know. I mean, come on, Disney. Like, we already are subscribed to Disney Plus. We already all watch like Disney Channel. We all already go to the parks and everything. You got a lot of money. You don't you can't just <laughs> give away one of us um, give us that one movie that we already subscribe to the to the platform to. Even then, I still think even if they did charge the $30 is so steep for me, I feel. Like Really? Something about yeah, there's just something about 30 bucks where I'm just like, ugh. I don't want to do that. I'm like 20 bucks. I'm all right. Yeah, I'll do all right. And it's just for the digital version. <laughs> well, it, it's not. It's not even that. It's it's a digital version for three months. That's what that's what it is. Because three months later, because they've already announced that Raya or Raya and the Last Dragon will be released to all Disney Plus subscribers on June fourth. So why don't I just wait till June fourth? <laughs> You're telling me I can just wait three months and I get it for free? But then, but, but exactly. then, so apply that same logic to Black Widow. See, yeah, no, Black th- Widow, there is no see, logic to that. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. everybody, everybody has their their level of 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 hierarchy. You know what I mean? Like, well, you wouldn't pay that, but I certainly would because like maybe they have like yeah. a bunch of little kids, and it, it it it's more cost effective to them to do the one for Ray and the Last Dragon if the kids really really want to see it, and they're not even old enough to enjoy Black Widow. You know, I guess yeah. just I guess that's true. they just that's they true. they they know how to hit different demographics. Because they're different yeah. types of films. Each one, like Mulan, Ray of the Last Dragon, like they're very different. Like they're the same, but they're different on different yeah, yeah. spectrums, appealing to yeah. different demographics. Well, yeah. I mean, same same with like Cruella. I felt like after watching those Cruella trailers, I was like, damn, is like Disney trying to get its own Joker? Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I mean, and that's what it felt like. Because I mean, in reality, like that's the best thing about. I think that's why I'm excited about that film is because the end result of that film is that she's still a terrible person. So I wasn't, like, yes. there's, like, no happy ending. So I'm like, all right, I'm feeling that. I'm here for a no happy ending thing. So <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I'm very curious with Cuella, but I'm not in any rush, yeah. like Ernesto, like you were saying. I'm not in any rush to see it. So, yeah. like, if, if you're telling me that it'll be on Disney Plus three months later, like, for all subscribers, then I'll watch it three months later. That's kind of where I'm sitting on that. But with Black Widow, you know, I'm I'm a huge Marvel fan. That's kind of where my 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 defenses are down. My wallet my yeah. my wallet's open. I'm like, "All right, you got me. You got me. You got me on one." <laughs> but Disney knows that. Absolutely. They're well they're well aware of the properties <laughs> they have and that that people if they really want to see it, that they will pay to go see it. 
mm-hmm. you're gonna they know that they know that there there's gonna be a few who are gonna wait, but they know that there's gonna be a good selection of those who will pay the premiere to see it ahead of time, ahead of everybody yeah. else. And also you can see for and also not on on top of that, like the thirty dollar price will get you multiple viewing as many times as you want it. So like Absolutely. there is va- there's value there. Don't get me wrong. Unlike the other model where if you spend twenty bucks you only get it for forty eight hours. So like I get it. I yeah. see the value of thirty bucks, but uh, at the same time it's kind of like well I don't I don't need to spend that right now. We have a lot of other things to watch as we always say. But sometimes all right. You got me. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then. Uh, every now and then. And it's always with Disney. It's always with Marvel's my Achilles CEO. That and Back to the Future. I was like, anything Back to the Future, I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. All right, you got me. All right, here, yeah, here's my money. Yeah, who, who would I make this check out to? <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't we don't accept checks. I'm like, all right, well, I don't, so, I don't know. What to so, do. Matt, question for you. What if what if, if it wasn't $30? What if it was $40? Ooh. If... At, at, like at that your, point, what, what is no. your limit? <laughs> Forty at that point, I can I can go to the theater. Like if the theaters are open, yeah, I'll just go there. I just like there's no point in me spending forty bucks to see it at home. Like I can spend ten or twelve dollars and see it in the theater. Like at because that at that point. Also, my thing, it's more expensive than the theater, and that's even more expensive than the actual Blu-ray. And I usually like that's me and Ernesto point. used to do like buy Blu-rays and DVDs so we could specifically watch like the behind the scenes like special features. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I miss from about like you know all these digital hard platforms. Disc. Yeah, the hard copy of it because I want to see like the behind the scenes. I want to see the making of the suits. I want to see the making of the story and the battle. Yeah. And all this crazy shit. And I don't get that anymore. Like I I I would love to have the option of like purchasing. A thirty-dollar, you know, um, movie or film, and then also after I purchased it, it's like, hey, do you want to view all the behind-the-scenes and the special features as well? I was like, uh, yes, then I will pay for that. <laughs> um, yeah, but you don't give me H- HBO, but HBO Max has some of that on some they of their have properties, been, like, especially with the Zack Snyder stuff they've been doing. I didn't get to, I didn't see it, but I saw that they have like, um, they have like a little spotlight with Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. and then they have one like a spotlight on each of the heroes. It, that looks yeah. really, that looks really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why they can't. I mean, I think kind of, you know, to your point, you know, with WandaVision, uh, when that episode, when that, that finished airing, the next week they aired the making of WandaVision, and that lives on its own separate area as well. So, like, like I in, in some cases, they're kind of giving you behind the scenes, just not in a traditional sense. It's just like another thing you can watch on the streaming service as opposed to the bonus features of a Blu-ray. Um, but, yeah, so, I, again, Disney, Disney, you know, changing... Switching things up a bit, last-minute additions. And on the topic of movie delays, uh, we still have more to discuss. Uh, Sony Pictures has also moved the release date for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, yet again. The, the Venom sequel has now been delayed to a fall release date of September 17th of 2021. It's moved from the summer release date of June uh, 25th. So, again, where I like Ernesto, like you just said, I think these are the last of the movie delays that we'll be talking about, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> anyway, uh, all these different movie studios, Sony, Universal, Disney, Warner Brothers, are all going through different methods of releasing their content. It's been a very interesting last couple of months and last year, to say the least, not only with the pandemic, but also with these all these different changes, like when, how they decide to release these movies. It's, it's definitely been interesting, and uh, not to say that I was on board for all of it, but you know it has its up and downs. Yeah. So so anyway, so there there's your movie delays. But now let's talk about the Oscars, Ernesto. Over this past week, the Oscars had gave out 
their list of nominations. Last week, the nominations were finally announced for the 93rd annual Academy Awards. Uh, Estevan, are you big into the Oscars as much as, as, as we are? Uh, I am. I do love award show season. It's my faves. Yes. <laughs> um, just because it gives me that option of like seeing, like getting those titles of things that I missed along the year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't have. I'm like, all right. Well, what's everybody talking about? What's going on? Um, I know earlier y'all were talking about Promising Young Woman was nominated. So mm. I haven't seen like who is actually nominated this year. Uh, but man, dude, I loved Promising Young Woman. That's probably another conversation for another day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was great. Well, I think you'd be happy to hear that Promising Young Woman is all over the Oscar nominations in many different categories. So let's go over some. Let's go over the big award right now. Uh, Ernesto, we've heard these titles many times before. I've said oh, yeah. these titles many times. Um, Best Picture, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Marini, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Those are your Best Picture nominees. Uh, since the Academy is allowed to nominate up to 10 films... It's surprising we didn't see other films on the, that make the cut, like One Out of Miami and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, especially Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, that was definitely a good one. Um, fun fact, Ernesto, that Judas and the Black Messiah was the first Best Picture nominee with an all-black producing team. Really? Yes. Interesting. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. So, congratulations to the all the people who worked behind Judas and the Black Messiah. Well, that's As, Ryan Coogler's team, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly if that is Ryan Coogler's team. I wouldn't be surprised, though. Um, but either way, I mean, that movie was amazing. We talked yes. about that movie. It was fantastic. Definitely well-deserved of the Best Picture nomination. Uh, the Best Director category uh, presented the most amount of surprises when it came to the nominees, uh, with, uh, especially with Thomas Vinterberg, the director of the Oscar-nominated international film Another Round, which is available on Hulu, um, and Lee Isaac Chung, the director of Mar- Marini, uh, taking the top spot. They beat out high contenders like Regina King for One Out of Miami and Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of Chicago 7. Those, those names you're talking about, all of a sudden, you know, uh, Thomas Vinterberg and Lee Isaac Chung just kind of came in here and be like, nah, these are my spots. This is my nomination for, for these movies, which is looks like it's becoming a trend of nominating foreign uh, directors for you know for the foreign films that they made and put them in, in this category, which is well-deserved. It shouldn't just be limited to the U.S. Another round. That's a foreign film? I have a... Hmm. Have to look in, we may have to look into that one. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it was just nominated for Best International Film. So we definitely, within our conversation very soon. Uh, other nominees for Best Director is your favorite David Fincher for Mank, Ernesto. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Uh, Emerald Fresnel for Promising Young Woman. Uh, also, with fun facts, this marks the first time two women were nominated for Best Director in the same year. Ernesto, that took 93 years to make that happen. That is crazy that that's a thing Damn. isn't that 93 so years for two women to be nominated for best director insane that it also marked suck sometimes like i hope y'all are listening academy y'all suck <laughs> like, oh, not i don't know if you caught it uh steph but i don't know if you've seen mank but i did not like mank you didn't <laughs> like mank. It, it, I just okay. didn't like it. I didn't appreciate it. To me, it's one of those Hollywood appreciating Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. what it was. 
just like patting themselves on the back type thing. Yeah, kind of. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I don't like that shit. And then I swear they use the sound from the 1940s because you can't even really hear the movie. <laughs> he is so upset about that sound. You have no idea. <laughs> well, because been... like, oh, it wants to be a black and white movie. I'm sorry. Look at Malcolm and Marie. That's a that's a great black and white movie that has beautiful sound. Like I can hear everything they're saying. Well, Gary Oldman, I can't fucking hear you. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me they silent Gary Oldman? How fucking dare you? That's serious it's not a, black. It's right not there. even that it's silent. It's just that you can. It literally. It's just. It's got like that crackly, like old movie feel to it. Like it's part of the aesthetic. I can appreciate the and I can appreciate aesthetic because I I've thought about this a lot. Where I, I would love to see old time movies like you know like like old generation like musicals like Barbara uh, not, uh, yeah like Barbara Streisand and just kind of like that funny girl where like women are lit like they're almost glowing and the music is almost like like a podcast it's very crackly and very like but you can still hear them but when you go like full on like we're only going to use the technology that they had back in 1930 <laughs> like, oh, like where first of all where'd you even find it like, <laughs> like I was like no like I don't want to do that at all I mean I can appreciate the aesthetics and then wanting to like honor the homage of it all and I really do give a black and white film but you can do it modern style I mean take Logan for example they did the noir version of Logan and yeah. Zack Snyder's about to do Justice in Grey version, so you can watch Justice League all in black and white. Mm, and I don't know I was if like, I would do that. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I would watch Justice League in black and white. I think I will, because you know what? Zach was like, the reason I did it that way was because I wanted, he goes, the colors are beautiful, colors are amazing, and it brings a lot to the story. I also wanted people to view just the story itself without the added blues spectacle. and yellows and yeah. spectacles he goes so things are going to blow up but they just blow up in black and white like everything else <laughs> okay he's like so so you're just focused on the story i was like oh i can i can i can vibe with that. i can appreciate that yeah yeah i can appreciate yeah. it Maybe. sometimes the style choice sometimes the aesthetic choice i know but zach snyder he's all art uh, like i feel like he's more style than substance but regardless yeah. we will get into that conversation in a yeah, little bit yeah, yeah. um also, uh, back to the uh, best director category, uh, it also marks the first time that two Asian filmmakers were nominated for the same category in the same year. Wow. Uh, so, how long so yeah. Did that take like ninety something uh, years, right? Also, also <laughs> ninety three, also ninety three years. That's about. Y'all suck, Academy. My God. Get it together. <laughs> it's it together. It's you're like uh, the 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 old man from the Muppets. He's just like kind of sitting in the in the. T- <laughs> In the, in the window and just judging everybody. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> you suck. You suck. <laughs> Who even hired y'all? Why did I get out of bed for this? I know. Well, it was like it was like the 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 Globes like last month when the Golden Globes premiered and after all that like after everything that was happening and they were like there's no black people on the what was it the hollywood the foreign press or whatever they are yes and they're like yeah. and then they sent out like the four most diverse people from the hollywood foreign press like just <laughs> dress up they go we believe that there is um so much work to be done we're like uh we don't want to hear your words it's like i'm hearing a lot of excuses when i want to see results yeah exactly <laughs> like get out of our face <laughs> I, at this point they're slowly realizing the 
the misfortunes they've been doing this whole time. And I, hopefully within the next, I wouldn't say next year, uh, uh, I'm a realist, give it the next two to three years, hopefully a lot of diversity will be coming to the Oscars and as well as the, all the award shows because it needs to be. Yeah, we're on track for change. And I think yeah. just the whole formatting of the award show probably needs to be updated. Like nobody wants to sit around – and watch you guys circle jerk each other for three and a half hours, <laughs> giving out awards. Real, like, for, let's be real. Like, like it would be not. You know, it would make it worth it if there were maybe some performances, maybe some musical performances here and there. Even then, maybe. But like, there's some of the skits, like especially from the Globes. We talked about it a little bit yeah. recently, Matt. Like, um, not, not a fan of the, that whole, of the skits. The whole uh, Maya Rudolph and Keenan skit. What the fuck yeah. was that? What was yeah, that? I didn't... <laughs> I didn't care for that. And, and just like Ernesto said, I was like, y'all are sitting here and just finger popping each other's assholes all day. I was, like, I was like, I don't care about any of that, y'all. Like, show me like why we're here. We're celebrating art on film yes. and on television and stuff. Give me some good shit. I think that's one of the reasons I enjoy uh, the uh, uh, the Tonys so much because the Tonys is literally. Yes, they love each other so much, but that's what it's all about. They're like, it's about the art, and they're just celebrating each other and celebrating it for for like the audience as well too. Like they give performances, they give away great um, categories for the awards, and it's all about just like love in general, as opposed to like Hollywood. And Hollywood's like so full of itself, where it's like, ah, here we are. But I, but I do feel like the Tonys, like they, it's almost like an expectation that it's good because like they're it's a stage performance honoring other stage performances it's like yeah, yeah. you yeah, like you guys kind of have to bring it if you guys are going to honor other stage performances like it's almost expected to the tonys to bring it and you know what it usually does like the performances are usually really good especially that there was that the year that neil patrick harris did like that big opening number in the beginning I've i remember that Steph, you opening showed... just for fun just because yeah. you have to revisit <laughs> it because it's incredible like whoever's listening right now now, if you don't know, just type in Neil Patrick Harris opening Tony performance, and believe me, you'll find it. I actually – I want to say that I was in a TV production class, and they were talking about it just from a technical aspect, like like the how they were switching to different shots and how they set it up and like how – like every all the intricacies that went into that. So I mean, I remember it was a it was a really great performance. And if you that haven't, I think it's all over alone, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, that performance alone deserved an Emmy of some sort. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it really it did. It was incredible. Like for real. Like the amount of people that you put into that performance, and like Ernesto just said, the camera work, and for him to even perform magic, because Neil Patrick Harris is such a big like fan of magic and magicians. He performed magic on stage and then literally also performed on the Tonys and deserve and, and got a standing ovation, which was well deserved. I mean, yeah. Amazing. Uh, similarly to that, I remember Jimmy Fallon did like a grand opening for the Golden Globes one year when La La Land was nominated and all those movies. And he kind of did this whole musical opening number uh, and then it featured almost every movie that was nominated for the Golden Globes, at least for Best Picture anyway. But either way, that was a great performance. Also look that up, Jimmy Fallon, yeah. Golden Globes opening. See, that sounds good. Yeah, that, 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 that was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, some other the big uh, nominations that came out of the Oscars when they announced the nominations. Uh, not a lot of surprises came out of the acting categories. We have the same usual sus- suspects. Uh, we've been talking about all award season, Ernesto. Um, mm-hmm. Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal for Best Actor. Chadwick Boseman for My Rennie's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Gary Oldman for uh, Mank, your sure. favorite. And Stephen... <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Young. Ewan, Stephen Young for uh, Marini. Uh, Stephen right. Young will become the first 
Minari. I keep mispronouncing that name. It's okay. Uh, uh, Steven, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Steven Young will become the first Asian American actor nominated for Best Actor, while Riz Ahmed bec- will become or became the first person of Pakistani descent and the first Muslim to be nominated in that category as well. Well deserved. So, well deserved. Yes, their performances were well. We haven't seen M- Marini. Yes. Minari. Yes. Minari, damn it. Minari, yes, close enough. <laughs> we You're haven't getting closer, se- though. I'm getting closer, yes. <laughs> I, we haven't seen Minari yet, but I can, I mean, we've seen him in other things before. Uh, he's so versatile. I yeah, mean, he's he is. He's in my kid's TV show, like Walking Dead, like he's in Voltron right now, or he was because that ended in 2018, and now he's doing Minari. And then he was in that other foreign film that we watched last year. Burning, yeah. Burning, and he was mm-hmm. so good at that movie. He was really good. He's also going to be the voice of a lead in a new animated show that's coming on Amazon this week called Invincible. Mm. Um, so like he's, he's, he's the voice and he's lending his voice there too. So it's pretty yeah. versatile. I mean, oh yeah. Great from, actor. You know, TV acting to animation to film. Uh, well deserved that he's getting an Oscar yeah. or, or at least an Oscar nom. Absolutely. Uh, for best actress, we have the same people yet again, Viola Davis from already's black bottom, Andre day for the United States versus Billy holiday, Vanessa Kirby for pieces of woman, uh, pieces of a woman, Francis McDermott for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Uh, Estevan, can you uh, can you uh, you know uh, vouch for Carrie Mulligan's performance in that film? Uh, yes, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, from the moment she graces the screen, I was like, I am in for a ride because I mean, the first time we see her was you know in the bar and everything, and and I just loved like it just didn't stop like once yeah once like she like yeah once it uh, you, you knew like she was the main the main character and once she kind of like got where she was going it, the film just didn't stop from there and then every single scene was just like there's something new to be discovered or it's like oh my god oh my god it's like no not him and then like, oh, shit. <laughs> you did a very good job by saying a lot but also not saying a lot Without saying anything, I, don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know anything. what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, no, I think I think she did an amazing job with that film. I think that film is a beautiful like narrative of what's happening for women, mm-hmm. um, how men act and how men should kind of like rethink about what they do and how women, you know, have to. I mean, I had this conversation just the other day with you know a female friend who I was. They're like, I've never ran went jogging with like two earphones in, and me, a dumb male, was like, why? And she's like, Are you for real? And I was like, Oh. <laughs> Oh fuck! I didn't even think about that. I'm so sorry. And she's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh wow, that's a good." So yeah, I think that film just did a great job at kind of like relaying like what women have to go through on a daily basis for just wanting to go to the bar and have a have a beer. Yeah. Women have to think about that, and as opposed to men, we're like, "Let's go get a beer," and it's like, I don't have to second guess it. Yeah. Yeah. You it, think about the time or date. Like I haven't seen it, but just I'm assuming just. It highlights things that women have to go through. Like, we don't even have to think about, like, walking in a dark parking lot, you know, holding your keys. You know, they tell women, hold your keys in your hand. Like, it, mm-hmm. I guess the double, like, really highlighting the double standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. It definitely does. Ernesto, really, when you see it, yeah, you got to see it. I really want to see this movie. You got to see it. Oh, I've man. heard so isn't many it, good things. Isn't it streaming somewhere now? Or? No, no. I mean, it, you, you got you to spend the 20 bucks if you want to see it. But actually, I think, I think that price went down. I think you can now watch it. You can either go to your local Redbox and rent it for two bucks, or you can uh, watch it uh, on video is on demand. Is it on the Redbox? I think it's in the Redbox. Is it on the Redbox? It's on the Redbox. 
Yeah. Yes, it's Remember on the red box. Your red box in the mail, Ernesto. <laughs> Let me see if I can get me one of them free movie codes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think every Friday that. Yeah, I think so too. And then also, uh, it's on video on demand. I think you can rent it for like five or six bucks. So if you don't want to go to the Redbox, you can just go. It over actually there. is available on Redbox. I just looked it up. Yeah, you can, there you go. So you can buy it on demand. You can rent it on demand for six dollars. Yeah. Or buy it for twenty dollars, or you can rent the DVD for a dollar eighty. There you go. All right. You just gotta so take your ass up there and go get it. Yes. <laughs> when you go grocery shopping, people, it's not that hard. Just you know, pick up your mail, pick up your movie, and leave. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, uh, for Best Supporting Actress, again, the same usual suspects. We have uh, Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film. Uh, we have Glenn Close for Hillbilly Helogy, which is a well-deserved Oscar nom. There's absolutely no way, reason why she should be nominated for a Razzie. That's bullshit. Yeah, she, um, she was the best fucking thing about that movie. Absolutely. Have you seen uh, Hillbilly Elegy? Mm-mm. So the, it's... The, um, it, Billy... Which one? It's a hillbilly elegy. It's it's a Ron Howard oh, no. film. It's got Amy Adams, Glenn Close. It's a memoir about how this lawyer. It was like this this uh, this lawyer is like rags to riches story. Yeah. But there, that's like really painting a broad stroke of what of well, how like yeah, kind of, everything yeah, it, that that encompasses that. It's story. a little more than that. Yeah. 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 It, but it's okay. it's a really great. It was a really great film. I really really enjoyed it. Okay, I'll have, to write, I'll have to remember that one. It's on yeah, Netflix. It's, it's on Netflix, yeah. Um, as well as Glenn Close, you have Olivia Coleman in The Father, Amanda Seyfried in uh, Mank, nah. and then you have I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, it's gonna be Yun Yu Jung. Maybe I said that right. Maybe I said that Yoo wrong. Yu Jung Hyun. Yes, yes, that one. Uh, she was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her performance in Marini. Did I say that Marini. right? Damn it. I, I go, go, always go back to it. Minari. Um, uh, she would also become the first Korean actor to be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, so, the, you know, they're, they're, you know, I guess breaking ground this year. Um, the Best Supporting Actor, however, Ernesto, came with a lot of confusion. There was one confusion nominee, and there was one surprising, well-deserved nomination. So let okay. me explain. So, so far... The non-surprising nominations, we have Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kuyuye for his performance in Judas and the Black Messiah, and Leslie Odom for One Out of Miami. The surprising no- the nomination no one saw coming was the well-deserved nomination for Paul Ritchie in Sound of Metal. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, which 100%. is well-deserved. 100%. And then the confusing one was uh, Lakeith Stanfield getting nominated like for his performance in Judas and the Black Messiah. It's but, like the same thing we talked about because it's like is he was – they were both – to me, and I agree because they, they both felt like the leads in that film. Exactly. So now they both – so the confusion part was not the nomination because it was definitely well-deserved because he was great in that movie. But the confusion part is like, all right, well, if Daniel – Kiyuya is nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and Lakeith Stanfield is also nominated for Best Supporting Actor, then who the hell is the lead in this movie? <laughs> yeah. um, well, no, it's just there's two... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yes. it is yeah. kind of strange. Yeah, then who do you... According to the Academy, mind you, who do you feel is the lead in this film? Because they both can't be supporting when they are both also the main... Like, those are the two people on the poster. Unless they even each other... They're the leads. Yeah, they're the leads, exactly. 
it, it's very confusing. I mean, I guess, I guess it has to be like how they view the film. Like they maybe they don't see it as there is no main protagonist. There's two leads who support each other. I guess. But that's like, but that's really digging into what the story is about. Like if you have to break it down like that. Yeah, it, it's, but it's I guess very they odd. were they were equally as good, but. I don't know. I mean, who do you think – if you had to pick, who who would you pick? Daniel. Yeah, I would agree. I yeah, feel okay. Like, but, but, I, but I feel like it's for the reason of the impact that his character carries. Absolutely, yeah. Opposed but, to, like, but doesn't that by definition make you the lead though? Yes. And this is exactly the point. <laughs> but, there, but, there's, but there's something to be said. There's equal weight that's carried with Lakeith Stanfield's character. I, I mean, to me, think about it, he had to get into – think about the mindset he had to put himself – in for that role like yes you know to I, be that informant and had to 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 become really become that person it, it feels like that they kind of balance each other out like they i'm sorry they cancel each other out it's like yeah. well I, they might have either shared the same amount of screen time or or i'm not sure exactly what but either way it cancels each other out for them not to be the lead and then they're both classified as supporting actors but then also at the same time you know, that gave them room for, if anything, all right, you have your main leads over here with this nom, and then we can also nominate for their performances over here. So either way, I'm not mad at it. It's just a little confusing on what the Academy is. A little yeah. strange. Um, for best original screenplay, we have Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm going to say it wrong again. Marini. M- Minari. God <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Minari. I don't know why I have to keep go- – I literally just said it. But I'm, you know what? I'm never going to say it Say it one right. more time. Minari. I, because one more time. Minari. I, just it, for good luck. Minari. There you go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that. One more time for the audience. <laughs> Marini. <laughs> you know what the funny part is? Is that I guarantee you when we go to review this movie, I guarantee he's going he's gonna to say it again. I'm going to say it wrong. Minari. Yeah, he's gonna make me say it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me let me restart then. For best original screenplay, we have Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari nailed it. Uh, promising young woman, Sound <laughs> of <perfect>. Metal. <laughs> I just, good, good for you. You got his last name down. What's the first one? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7 for Best Original Screenplay. For Best Adapted Screenplay, we have Borat's subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and the surprising nomination, a Netflix film called The White Tiger. That was on nobody's radar. It just came out in January on Netflix. That was Power Ranger. Uh, but yeah, so those are the big nominations. Uh, notably, noticeably missing from this year's award nominations, uh, w- otherwise known as the snubs, were the Five Bloods. A lot of people were rooting for Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, uh, but uh, you know, ultimately, they only walked away with one award for Best Original Score. Also snubbed from acting noms were uh, Tom Hanks and Helena Zingle. Uh, for their performance in News of the World, they were also high contenders. They got nothing. Um, the film News of the World, however, did receive four nominations, including Best Original Score, Production Design, Sound, and Cinematography. Um, Jodie Foster and uh, Roseman Pike both won for their performances at the Golden Globes weren't even mentioned at the Oscars. It was like, we don't care about your win at the Golden Globes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it means nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. <laughs> 
you know, you know, the funny thing is, uh, the the more the every year that passes and every time a new award season comes comes around, I'm I'm always in my head just thinking. I would love to just sit in with the Academy to figure out like how they go about <laughs> like, all right, this is the one we're going to choose and everything. Because for a while it used to be like, all right, if you got the globe, you were kind of almost a shoe in for the, for the, um, for the Oscar. At least yeah. for and, a nom. And, and if you got at least the globe, for a nom, yeah. yeah, at least for a nom. And cause it, cause if you had the globe, you were already going to get, what was it? The SAG. And if you had the SAG, you were clearly on your, on the road to the Oscars. Exactly. And, and that's what everybody called it. The road to the Oscars. And now they're giving us shit like this, where it's like, all right, you were nominated, you won for a globe. We don't give a fuck what you did in SAG. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? You no longer have a nomination for the Academy. And it's like, what? Screw y'all, all in your yeah. face. Like, I don't care. <laughs> but also, like, without, you know, with them not getting the nom, we're also, like I was explaining, you know, earlier, we're given other nominations to other actresses and actors around the world because we're giving out, you know, to people of it's it's a diverse nomination and so yeah. i rather i rather have that i rather have a diverse oh, nomination than pick the same few people from every award season yeah, that's true. um and then uh, then uh, lastly we have a, a few pleasant surprises to come out of the nominations i'm actually really excited about this uh the eurovision song contest remember that one ernesto yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> that movie was cheesy as fuck but it was I good. It, it I was, was good. I was here for it. Is that the Will Ferrell one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is It is Rachel so McAdams. good. Yeah. It's so bad that it's so it's good. So no, no, no. No, it's not bad. It's just good. I'm not even putting it in that category. It was a good it was movie. It was funny. It was funny. It was good. Yeah, it was my top yeah, ten. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Why do I remember that? <laughs> well, funny enough, Ernesto, it's nominated for Best Original Song. For the song that's sung in the finale, if I said this wrong, it's like Husavik. Um, I think that's what the song was called. But either way, it won. It got nominated for that. So I it hope it wins. Good. I it was good. It. Yeah. It was, the, you, know, the, you know what excites me the most about that is the fact that whoever's usually nominated for best song performs at the Oscars. So yes. now I'm just excited for this performance. Oh, yes. that would be great right? to see Will yeah. Ferrell and Rachel McAdams <laughs> perform come out this from shit. under the floor see, of the Oscars. Now that's some shit. Like... That's some shit to worth worth yeah. watching at the oscars absolutely um also uh, a pleasant surprise was love and monsters uh you remember ernesto that film that i saw with dylan o'brien yes yeah it got nominated for best visual effects so i was not seeing i did not see that coming so good for that film um also for best visual effects it has some tough competition though because it's going up against tenant mulan Midnight Sky, which is the George Clooney film on Netflix, and the Disney Plus original film, the one and only Ivan. So, so I, I, a tenant might be walking away with that, but either way, I'm happy to see that Love and Monsters got a nom because it was not expected. Um, but yeah, so anyway, those are the highlights. You can always head over to our Facebook page at Box Office Bingers for the full list of nominations. As we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, I'm very excited that the Oscars are coming up and the award season is here. And we'll be uh, coming in a couple of weeks. We'll be having our full uh, breakdown of all the Oscar nominations and give out our predictions on who we think should and will win uh, the Oscars. <laughs> uh, so be, be sure to tune in for that. Um, also, sticking with the award theme, we also have the winners of the 2021 Writers Guild Awards. That was last weekend. Uh, winning the top spot was Promising Young Woman for Best Original Screenplay and Borat's Subsequent Movie Film for Best Adapted Screenplay, The Crown for Best Drama Series, and Ted Lasso for Best Comedy Series. 
Typically, like Esteban was saying, that when these like these awards are specifically for the writing, and when those film wins, all eyes are on them of winning the Oscars. So Promising Young Woman and Borat's subsequent movie film definitely heighten their chances of winning the big award. Um, if you want to see all of those winners of, of, of the Writers Guild Awards, again, head over to our Facebook page at Box Office Bingers. It's all over there. It's a wealth uh, of information. Quick before I forget it, like um, uh, Anthony Willis, I think Anthony Willis like did a re, um, did an arrangement of Britney Spears's "Toxic" for "Promising Young Woman." Mm. If you haven't heard it, go down. It's literally just instrumental, and it's like violins, and it's this very haunting version yes. of Britney Spears's "Toxic." And I like I love it, Ernesto. It won't give anything away, obviously. So just like go listen to that version. Okay, it's really good. It was in the movie, right? I'm pretty sure that. Yeah, it was in the. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was in the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They use, I think they used it in the trailer for a while too. Yeah, that that, uh, that checks out. But it, okay. Yeah, it's 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 a really good. Like it's you're, you're gonna listen to it. And you're gonna be like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's our uh our uh our awards conversation. We'll be definitely talking more about these. We still have the Producers Guild Award. We have the actor no the Screen Actors Guild Awards coming up as well. The Oscars. So we're we're in it. We're we're in this we're in this world right now. Yeah. Um, also, so some some exciting news for movie theater goers. Just also recent, uh, just this morning, actually, uh, uh, Regal Cinemas are finally reopening again after yeah. closing its doors for just over six months. Just over six months ago. Um, so happy to see that more movie theaters are finally opening back up. Uh, Regal will open on April 2nd for a limited release for the God uh, Godzilla vs. Kong uh, release, and then they will have a wider release planned for Mortal Kombat starting April 16th. So if I'm reading this correctly, the way that I'm understanding it, by April 16th, a good majority of the Regal theaters will open nationwide. So that's so excited for those two films. <laughs> yes, Godzilla versus Kong and Mortal Kombat. I'm more excited for Godzilla versus Kong. Like I just want to see big monsters duke it out. That's yeah. that's all I want to see. I just uh, I, I Ernesto knows this too. I love giant animal films <laughs> more than anybody, <laughs> even if they're bad. Like like stupid films too, like Zombiever. If you've never seen it, go watch it. It's awful, but you're gonna love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, and I don't know if y'all follow ComicBook.com. Um, but like Brandon Davis is one of their journalists and one of their reporters. And I mm-hmm. really enjoy whenever Brandon does like movie early movie reviews, cause he doesn't give any spoilers, but he's really honest with all, with everything. And he just watched Godzilla versus Kong. And he said, you know what? It focuses a lot on people at, at times. He goes, but in reality, he goes, we're here to just watch two Titans battle it out and they deliver it. And it was really fun and really exciting. So I was like, Oh, I need. I'm good. It, it it doesn't need humans, just like the Sonic movie. Take out all the humans and just give us monsters. I don't care about. I mean, and I love I love a good story, but sometimes, just like the Fast franchise, I don't care about the story. I just well, I don't care about your family. I really I I don't know. Just get in a car and drive or fly or swim or whatever you do in a car. Just do it because that's what I'm here for. So when you exactly. see Godzilla versus Kong, I want two big monsters fighting. Give me two hours of that. That's all I want. I can shut off my brain for that. I'm right there with you, man. They're mm-hmm. on what? Fast and Furious 27. Dom and the family are in space or something. I don't know. What I, I, I thought it was 36, <laughs> but yeah, close enough. <laughs> Whatever. Like, <laughs> Whatever. At this point. 
Um, so, yeah, so with uh, it's very exciting to see Regal Cinemas opening up. Uh, Sin World, which is the parent company of Regal Cinemas, uh, signed a multi-year agreement with Warner Brothers uh, that in the beginning of 2022, Warner Brothers Pictures, uh, Warner Brothers Pictures Group theatrical releases will have a 45-day window of theater exclusivity. Um, Ernesto, this is very similar to what we were talking about with Sony. They also signed a very similar deal uh, with the with the theater change. It looks like Warner Brothers are committing to that. Uh, Regal uh, also, or I guess Sinworld also agreed to the hybrid model that HBO Max was doing for the rest of 2020. Uh, sorry, for the rest of 2021 at the latest. So like Regal and and I guess um, Regal and um, AMC were like, all right, we'll do this for 2021, but come 2022. We, we got to go back to old ways, but really it's not going back to the old ways because that exclusivity window is 90 days. Now we cut that in half. Now we're at 45. That's going to be the new normal of what we're, what we're getting into. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, that, that, that's just what we're going to be going into when we watch movies nowadays. So if you want to see new movies, you have 45 days to see it in theaters or just watch it at home. <laughs> Well, that's because, I mean, they're just making it too easy to watch at home. They're like, fuck mm-hmm. this three-month shit. Obviously, you showed us that it doesn't take three months for it to make it to the small screen. No, not only that. It's like, well, people are actually paying to go see it. We were just talking yeah. about Disney Plus and their premiere access. Exactly. Not just that. There's so many different platforms providing new film and original films that it's releasing, like, on a weekly basis as opposed yes. to, like, back in the 90s where we're all going to enjoy this film for the next, like, six months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For it, you know what I mean? Seriously, like hell, like just we we just saw Zack Snyder's Justice League. Not even two weeks later, we Can get Godzilla. We all experienced. I'm, I I I apologize. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. We all had the pleasure to experience. There you go. Zack Snyder's Justice League, and and literally the same moment you can watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And yes. then, and then two weeks later, you can watch Godzilla vs Kong all on your TV. So I think it's just an overload of content that you can't ignore. What a that... time to be alive! <laughs> <laughs> that, well, who's that in the background? Did, did someone just run in there and say that? Gotta shout it to the heavens. Yeah, I guess so. His moment to shine right there. Um, but yeah, so the times are changing for sure. And the last bit of news, I know we've covered a lot of news, but the last bit of news that, um, I think it's interesting that Ryan Murphy, uh, took the social media this past week to announce the title of season 10 of American Horror Story. The upcoming season is called Double Feature. The plot is still unknown, but we do know that season 10 will be, will, will be telling two separate horrifying stories within one season, one by the sea and one by the land. Wow, that was great. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Very Batman. Dun. There you go. I got my inner Batman in there. Um, Estevan uh, or Ernesto tells me that you're a big American Horror Story fan. Oh yeah, I do love America. AHS, I love it. Um, which was weird when I, because when I first read it, before I had saw the whole like story by the land, story by the sea, I was like, that makes sense. That's cool. Um, but when they were like, it's going to be two stories. And, I, and part of me was like, don't y'all already do that? <laughs> like when the twist happens, there's like a whole different story that's happening. That's so uh, true. But maybe there's like a twist within each story. And then maybe they all come together. I do like how they've been doing um, horror story the past few years. I really enjoyed 1984. Oh my um, God. 
my God. They all, and they all know. Everybody knows it, too, and they all find it hilarious. Even my parents are just like, oh, do you still not like them? I was like, I'll... I'll throat punch you. I don't care. Or I'll just send him pictures of scary clowns. Like, like, yeah, all of them. They'll, I'll of, like the most demonic to, ones like, you can images, find. And I'm just like, no, you know what? Screw you. Like, I'm not you remember when we, used, well, when we used to work at Disney and we would have, like, we would be on the computer. We used to change each other's backgrounds. And I used to change his background to one of clowns. <laughs> and then I would log him off so he wouldn't know until he logged back in. <laughs> Oh my oh. god. Oh, it was the worst. Yeah, so to answer your question, I don't like clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not what I asked, but okay. <laughs> Originally, we were talking about American Horror Story, and then we, we went we... down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Yes, okay. Um, yes, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I didn't like the clown portion of, um, of that one, but I did, yeah. um, I did enjoy like Colt for the, for the rest of it. It was, it was, you know, that was cool. Oh, Anyways, okay. continue. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I am excited that Macaulay Culkin's in this season. That's, That's right, he is. Because he naturally looks scary as a human. <laughs> <laughs> he already looks like a Ryan Murphy character, so I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you fit right in. You fit right in, kid. <laughs> no makeup needed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I was like, dang, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of the news. We still have a lot of show to get to. <laughs> We're having a good time. We are. Uh, we have fun, yeah. Oh, we have fun. Man. Okay, all right, so let's... That's a... <laughs> so we're going to move on to what you're watching. And, Stev, we're going to start with you. What oh. have you been watching oh, besides that's... Then the you, you chose League? me first because it's easy because I've been so busy with work and school I haven't really watched anything. That um, is okay. <laughs> but, uh, no, just recently, obviously, um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Of course. Um, Modern Family's on Hulu now, and it's one of my favorite sitcoms. I The writing for that show I just think is brilliant, so I'm happy that that's on Hulu. Um, so I've been doing that. Uh, I've revisited the, the trilogy of Zack Snyder, so I did Man of Steel. Um, rewatched Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the deluxe edition, because I do think that those extra 30 minutes kind of help round out that story. Yes. Um, and then, what else have I been watching? Oh, um, I just watched Giant. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. It's an old film. It's James Dean. Um, but I was just on a camping trip this past five days, and I, I visited the hotel where like James Dean and them stayed at while they filmed. So um, I was like, oh, well, let me check it out. So that was nice. Um, and then what else have I been watching? I think that's about it, honestly. I've been kind of just doing my own thing right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, how was it to, to, to visit? So, okay, uh, going back to the James James Dean, uh, the, what you said Giant? What's, what's called, the movie called? Yeah, Giant. Were yeah, you – were you familiar with the film before you went to go see the filming location, or you just uh, happened to be there and be like, "I'm just gonna go check this out"? I was uh, I was aware of the film, but it never connected in my head that that's where it was filmed and the whole story behind like a Texan being in Hollywood. Uh, okay. There was like this whole there was this whole backstory, so I didn't know. So when we were like literally just walking the town in Marfa, Texas, um, we went into this hotel and there's like this whole thing just dedicated to this film. And on the way to Marfa, Texas, there's this huge art installation on the side of the highway with just this ginormous James Dean. And if you stop, there's actually music playing on this art installation. So you don't know unless you actually stop there. So then that kind of just like, I was like, Oh wow, that's crazy. I didn't even realize that this is what we were watching uh, or what, um, what the whole history behind it. So I, I rewatched it with a, with like a really good sense of kind of like appreciation for it. 
Um, oh, and then also I just watched Frida again. So I don't know if any of you have seen like the Salma Hayek version of Frida. Mm. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it in a while, revisit it because I just revisit that film and it, I I loved every moment of it. Um, so yeah, that was a good one. It, it's that's like really fascinating that like you know you basically art inspired you to watch the movie. Like it's it's like it's something that you've seen in the background, but it's not it's not very often where you look at a piece of art and like what's this and like oh this is from this and like oh this is from a movie I'm gonna watch the movie now, like you don't hear that you're like oh I saw the trailer and the, the trailer looked good so I'll go watch I'll go watch the movie there, but like no yeah. a piece of art wanted me to watch the movie that that's kind of it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, and and it's funny I didn't even think about it that way. So, but yeah, um, I because it was that, and this whole weekend kind of happened that way because we re, I rewatched Frida because my friend didn't see Frida. Uh, shout out to Tucker Davidson. He's gonna start listening to y'all's show because I introduced Hey-o. him to the podcast. Hey. There you go. Hey, hello, um, new listener. Hey, Tucker. Hello, that new listeners. Um, He's awesome. But, uh, he is awesome. Um, and when we were there, he also started asking about Frida because there's like a lot of Mexican art around there. And I was like, oh, so he bought a, like a Frida book. And I told him, hey, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It was a great story. Uh, and we watched it that night. So it was great that, like you just said, Matt, art imitate or art influenced me to watch a film that had nothing like, you know, I didn't have a preview. I didn't have anything else to go off of except for a person or art or a name. So I was like, but oh, now, but now after you watch the film, do you, is it like, did you gain anything from the movie? Like, you know, like, well, like, what is the story about? Like, is the story good? Like, were you able to, appre- did you appreciate the movie yeah. a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it a little bit more on, on, on each aspect. Um, and then I think even with like Frida, I think I gain even more appreciation for it. Cause if you don't, if nobody knows the, the story of Frida, one of the easiest ways to know, um, to know what Frida is all about. Obviously she was a Mexican, uh, or she was, uh, uh, she was a Spanish painter, and then um, she was she had a lot of trauma. She had a lot of issues with her body because she was in a bus crash, and the handrail punctured her from her side and oh. then exited her vagina. And uh, so she was like bedridden for like months and like years. And that's how she like learned to paint. She was doing self portraits of how she felt and having to be combined in these casts and being reworked on. And there's like a there's a scene in the movie where. They were like, Frida, tell me like what happened to you. And she's like, oh, she goes, you know what? At this point, I couldn't tell you anymore. She goes, because if the if the accident didn't fuck me up, you know, all the all the procedures have. She goes, I've been taken apart and re put back together so many times. I'm like a I'm like a quilt. And I was wow. like, oh my god, like that's beautiful. Like she's like, but you know what? I work through the pain, and working through the pain kind of helps me see what art should be and i was like oh my god that's beautiful you got to have pain in order to have art sometimes it's kind of like country music <laughs> country music yeah. is not successful unless you've had heartbreak <laughs> <laughs> um that that that's actually that that's pretty cool uh, you yeah. don't hear that you don't hear that often yeah. um and frida frida is on paramount plus right now and giant is actually on hbo max so all right wants to check there you go uh ernesto what are you been watching matt guys i have a lot okay strap in Strap in. Uh, I finally finished Shit's Creek. <laughs> okay, and I know how you feel because you. Took <laughs> I was just about to say because I. <laughs> so Steph just threw his hands up in excitement. Um, it was all right. It wasn't bad. Yeah. That, like I said, the show has a lot of great moments. There's some real. There's some episodes that I find like maybe from start to finish that I was like, man, that episode was like on point. One of which being. Uh, Matt, I've told you about this one. It's the. Uh, the one where uh, Moira 
and Johnny go to dinner with their for their anniversary dinner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Roland and his wife show up, and it kind of, it, they have that moment where they're too old, where their new world and their old world clash, and they have to kind of make a choice about who they are as people in that moment. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a great character moment for for those characters. Uh, fast forward now, this season five had a lot of good moments. Actually, you know, Matt, you were saying that. If I didn't really like season five, that I wouldn't like season six. I would actually have to say that season six is the strongest season out of all. I I, I never said it wasn't the strongest season. You were I like, just said if, if you don't like it this far, then you're not gonna like season six. I, that's what I that's what I assumed. What if, a I mean, great if you're already... by the way. I know that was good. <laughs> he, he literally sounded just like that. No, I felt like you know they. I didn't. Well, I couldn't tell which one was Matt. <laughs> like I will say this. Overall, the show is okay. But I felt what, where the show for me is the strongest is how they tied it together in the end. And ultimately, mm. I feel like that's actually what's more important. Like how you end the show is probably the most important. Like what, what, what taste are you leaving in people's end of the mouth? What, what taste are you leaving in people's mouth when they finish? I know it's a weird analogy to use, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you but that weird, so I was like, I did. Sometimes you watch it and you go, man, that show was so good. But yeah. fuck, that ending was atrocious. Oh, excuse me, like Lost? <laughs> Screw you, ABC. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted um, all my life on that show. Oh my god. I, like, I would say this show, like, Shit's Creek actually was able to pull some emotion from me. And most of it came from the penultimate episode where David and Stevie are sitting in front of the house that Patrick Crying. had bought for him. Like, yes. You know, there's just a really, like, he just has, like, that heart-to-heart moment about, like, you know somebody who's about to get married, like really mm-hmm. going mentally going through those things, thinking about, you know, finally finding somebody like the one person who, who, who you give a shit about. Like, you know, it's yeah. about finding that yeah. one person. I felt like, and it was, it was a very real moment that they wrote into the show. And I thought that was pretty good. Well, um, I, I told her, so this is like one of the reasons that I love Shit's Creek so much is that there's, like, there's no agenda to that show. You know what I mean? Like, like they're not trying to be preachy. They're not trying to sell anything to you. They're not trying to make you, like, believe in, like, um, like same-sex marriage. Or they're not trying to make you believe that rich people are better than, like, you know, anybody else. It just simply exists. They're, they're a family that's trying to learn how to readjust to normal life. And each character has a different way of doing that. And I think the easiest person to adapt was like Alexis in that cast, because Alexis, as you, as you discovered throughout the entire series, she always has a backstory of some sort. She was like, well, when I was kidnapped on David, yeah. and, um, David, <laughs> yacht. Yeah. And like, what? Yeah. She's like, when I was kidnapped by Somali pirates, none of y'all came to protect me. And, <laughs> and it's like, Oh my God. So I think that's the, the beauty of like that character was that she can easily adjust herself to no matter where she's at. And then David obviously has a little bit more issues to deal with because he thinks that in order for him to be successful or to be loved means that you have to have umpteenth amount of people around you, which is why he stayed so connected to like the people that hurt him. They're like, and like Stevie said in the front of the house too, she's like, why do you want to go back to where people don't even like you? And he's like, because I want them to know that I did it. Like I want them to know that I. That she's like, who cares? That Everybody I am here something. Knows. But, you know, yeah. it's like – but there was something so very real about that moment. It's like, yeah. damn, you know, everybody feels that. Everybody feels that. Like, you know, everybody wants to matter in their own way. That's, yeah. that's – it's not – so the show wasn't totally lost on me. It's just maybe it wasn't for me 100%. But I will say that the ending 
tied it together enough for me that I would that I am Such I can say that ending. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it's not even so much that. Shows. It's not even so much that it was a happy like it was a very obviously it was a very picture perfect like happy ending to for their family. But I felt like it was deserved. Like yes, like you know because they were really and I think what just really bothered me is that they were just really shitty people in the beginning. Oh yeah, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the one, but the one that didn't, the only thing I didn't, the only person I didn't feel really got like character development up until the very, very end was Moira. Like she was the very, she was the same person from like mm-hmm. season one all the way into like the middle of season six. Like she was more or less the same person. I I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too, honestly. <clears throat> but you know what? I think that the beauty of that character is that. I don't know. Like I don't even know how to explain Moria. Like she's that perfect balance of just like. I but know. I felt. But you know what? I yeah. felt. I really felt her love. Like in that when she was looking so ridiculous for the wedding, and like when she was efficient, she's like like, <laughs> like she was. But I felt like that that moment was a was a true testament to her character because she's always yeah. so self involved in herself that she didn't realize the weight and severity of the task she had upon herself until she was literally at the altar saying her saying her son's name like oh shit i'm officiating my son's wedding (laughs) but you know what i think i think moira gets those moments throughout the season like in season five when she tried to figure out like when they were doing auditions for um cabaret and she stopped at stevie's apartment to let stevie know that she wanted stevie to do it like that that was completely off brand for moira moira usually expects somebody to come to her and for her to choose somebody moira went out of her way to like offer offer like condolences to because she knows what stevie was going through because johnny probably told her and mm-hmm. moira in her mind was like you know what i know exactly who this part belongs to and you know hyped her up so i think moira is a, i mean obviously i know she's a good person but i think moira just like puts on the facade so much because she needs to be like this picture perfect like hollywood you know soap opera star in some sort but i i mean i i love her like she's She's my favorite. And throughout this entire COVID, I, I keep saying COVID like she says David. I'm like, David. I'm like, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, like, and like her accent in the beginning, like it maybe it was like, it was just really, I was like, why are you the only one with like a semi-British accent? <laughs> well, I, I, I do, I, I know where it came from, actually. Um, I was watching an interview with her and she said that Moira doesn't collect things other than wigs and accents. So she collects this repertoire of accents that she just kind of incorporates into this very, like, it's not posh. It's not, like, you know, British. It's not anything that anybody can pinpoint. It's just a collection of accents that she's picked up, and she's kind of merged them all together. And she's like, the bebe. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I'm i sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think that, to, to your point... Like she had good moments, but then when it came back back to her core nature, specifically her character, especially at the season five finale, where she kind of like she didn't get what she wanted and she ran into a closet and then I forgot exactly what happened, but like to oh, me that was shelved, good. they shelved the crows movie. That's, that's right, right yeah. that's right. And so like that was very jarring because we had such a nice wrap up to the season to only to be yeah. negated by by like a very like like abrupt ending and that's how they ended it so like that's just going back to her character and not really evolving but i mean eventually everyone had their arc but at the same time i think everyone had a a good arc 
Um, but Agreed. ultimately, ultimately, Ernesto, if you got something out of it, then it sounds like it was at least worth the watch if it wasn't 100 yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't, a, and I and I think that's where I land with it. Like it wasn't 100 for me, but I did at the end find value. Like yeah. they may they may not have gotten me in the middle. They kind of got me in the beginning, but it was what really got me was at the end. And to me, that's more important than anything. How you I feel what? when I finish watching it. Yeah, and I think Dan and Eugene Levy did a great job at writing because there's some there's some things in there that I think are just brilliant to have out, not just for people that enjoy the show, but just in general for people to have. Like the way that David described sexuality using wine. Yes. Was, that's mm. brilliant. That was that's fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then just the way that Johnny has his life on, like the, his thoughts on life and every once in a while would like give something out and I'm like, all right, Johnny, I'm feeling you. Like that's a, that's a good one to live off of. Um, and then Alexis, you know, I think Alexis was just <laughs> brilliant in, in some um, places because Alexis had that great moment of trying to, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to become like my own agency. And then she had the dilemma of having that horrible friend who like came to yeah. visit. Oh, yes. <laughs> That was another like, great that was a great character moment for her as well. It was cuz then she had that decision like do I take this job and go back to my my old life of people loving me and surrounding me or do I continue to do what I'm doing here because it's going pretty well and it may not be billions of dollars and making me rich but it's making me happy. And I think that's what the big thing was like what makes you happy money or you know actual happiness. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. She chose that. I liked I liked it. And then obviously and I love David. I mean Let's talk about the fold in the cheese moment. <laughs> Comedy gold is seriously. It's it, it you know it, it it just it's a fantastic show. I I, I really enjoyed it for, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Matt was a little hurt because I I haven't been shitting on it, but I've been kind of shitting on it. He, he, <laughs> he, 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 every, every week he's just been like, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, all, all right then. And you keep keep talking shit. Keep then talking shit. You can text shit. me, Matt, and we'll talk about shit. All right, fair enough. <laughs> well, my journey with Shit's Creek is now over. I have to find mm, okay. something to fill to fill that hole. <laughs> so what else? What else? <laughs> uh, so what else I've been watching? Anyways, uh, I watched the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Man, it was oh, a yeah. great opener. You guys watched it? Yeah, I saw that too. I saw it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Let's talk about that ending. Stev, you're, Stev, you're so prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Um, I thought yeah. it was a, I thought it was great because it's, it was completely different than WandaVision. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, for people who are like, oh, is it going to be like another WandaVision S type show? Or like, nah, fuck that. It's just straight action. <laughs> just <laughs> fighting and just, I mean, that opening scene with the gliders was awesome. Yes. Awesome. It's it's probably it's definitely I, it's, it's funny because that opening scene was supposed to be the introduction of Marvel TV, right? Like we talked about last uh, two weeks ago on uh, with with um, with Nick and the Wandavision review. Like Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed was supposed to release first, and then Wandavision. So we were supposed to get that like, all right, Marvel, what do you got to be coming on Disney Plus? And then we see yeah. all that. We see that amazing uh, you know uh, sequence of events. In the beginning of the in the, of of the first episode, uh, and then it kind of tapered down a little bit after that, which I was completely fine with because yeah. the first ten minutes were like gold, intense. Yeah, um, very intense. A lot of lot of story building, but you know what? I'm I'm on board. I'm told we only got one episode. I mean, the episode was 50 minutes long, but we're I'm there. Yeah. I'll be I'll be there on Friday, ready. To yeah, watch I'm on board the next as, yeah, I'm on board as well too. I will say that opening scene was 
really awesome, but at the same time, I was getting flashbacks. I, me and Tucker were the same way. It was just like getting flashbacks of like Cloverfield in 2000. Like when I went to the theaters, I was like, there's <laughs> too much moving. Like, <laughs> Like, I can't head, oh I cannot handle. Yeah, this is amazing, but I'm getting sick. <laughs> but um, also, like when, uh, like, uh, like within ten minutes, you just made Falcon a badass. I'm like, where was this in the movies? Like, I understand you had you had Iron Man and Captain America doing their thing, but like, you gave ten minutes. You all you gave him was ten minutes. Look how much you did in that ten minutes. It was great. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Um, but you know what, and I, I, I was talking about this, because I, I asked, oh, how many episodes are available to go one? I go, well, that makes sense, because WandaVision, let's be real, those first two episodes, after watching them, I was like, bro, I don't know, like, this is fucking weird. What is happening? I know, I was like, I don't know if I'm into this. So I was like, and they were like, no, stay, stay for like the, the third episode. I was like, all right. And then literally the third episode, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm here. Right. Okay, I got it. Yeah, got uh, it. Yeah, but I don't think Winter Soldier needed that. I mean, uh, no. Falcon no. Winter Soldier no, didn't that. It just, like, it came in with the action. And like you said, it was just like, I was like, oh, I'm on board. WandaVision, you needed a little bit of coaxing. Like, here's two episodes. Trust us. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but but also like you know it's every show every one of these Marvel Disney Plus shows are going to be different. Um, obviously, this is more of like a, this is this is an action packed buddy cop uh, series, and so that's yeah. that, that's kind of the vibe we're going to be getting. And I'm looking forward to me. Hell, I was I was down on on uh, on day one. But let me ask you, Esteban. I, well, actually, I know this question. Actually, I think I know the both of you. Which one did you watch first, Zack Snyder or or, or Falcon Winter Soldier? Duh, come on. That's what that's what I thought. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <Snyder> <laughs> I watched oh, Falcon Winter Soldier. You watched, okay, you did. Okay, so uh, so did I. I watched like Marvel before DC. I'm sorry, Esteban, but that that was my order. That's okay. We all have our opinions. They're not always all right, but it's fine. <laughs> um, no, but I will say this about the Marvel shows as well too. I and maybe I'm on my own with this. I don't want a second season of Wandavision, and I don't want a second season of um, Falcon Winter Soldier. Agreed. I love the idea of these shows existing as if almost it's a comic book arc you know what i mean yep. like this was a, a comic book arc of like three stories in like one series and then now it's done you know she's gonna go you know scarlet witch is gonna do something probably in the films vision god knows where he's at um <laughs> <laughs> and then same with you know falcon and Wil winter soldier i think one season with so many episodes is going to be great because it's going to like yep. exist on its own and it's a side story that we can all appreciate and it yeah. might have effect in the future but i don't want like four seasons of it and then it yeah. become like the arrowverse where like season three i'm like oh my god i'm <laughs> sick of y'all already we get it barry your mom's dead <laughs> <laughs> we, we well, were just talking we were just talking about like having a, if we wanted to build up to watch the mass the epic crossover which i didn't even i didn't make it to it's like well shit i gotta watch all the seasons all the seasons of this all no, the seasons don't. of that no, all of this don't. it's like i don't there's just too much that it's like it's just too much of a daunting task yeah. no you don't because you know what i didn't watch the last couple of seasons of like arrow or the last couple of seasons of flash but i am a huge fan of like crossovers because i like to see like what dc will do in you know bringing different elements from comics when they all have to get together so when those yeah i don't think you really need to watch everything I and mean, you might need to know what's going on like just vaguely but like, yeah you, you know, a quick youtube recap <laughs> <laughs> yeah get the spark notes version you'll be fine i don't know I, i'm a i'm a purist it's like i i need to i need to earn that crossover i you oh, you just right. can't go straight to end game you got to watch all 22 films to get there 
That so like the same with the shows. It might take me ten years before I hop on those shows, but I'll get there eventually. Matt's gonna be yeah. retired. It's like I finally watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that show Arrow. I was like, you mean Stephen Amell? He died like twenty years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just finished his show. I'm gonna move on to his next work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, Mar- Marvel TV is doing great over there, um, yeah, and and I I can't wait to see like e- even the slow moments. Seriously, uh, the slow week, the slow moments in Falcon Winter Soldier were also great too. Definitely elevated the. It was like great character moments, and we got to see them personally. Uh, I don't want to get you know into into it too much, but I liked I liked that they did that. Yeah. Um, are, are we so, giving spoilers for that? Because I just want to talk about the end real quick. <laughs> We're not. We're not. Okay, okay, okay. Put mind, a lid on. We can talk about that after the show. The ending made me laugh out loud just because of, after what they did. And I was like, <laughs> we were watching it, and I'm like... <laughs> I was like, no. 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 I was like, no. Try again. So, I mean, I, I, obviously Marvel has a plan for everything. So sure. I'm sure that's not what we... I'm sure it's not what we think it is, but... It legit made me be like, no, try again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got, Ernesto? Um, so, Stev, I know I haven't told you, but we, me and Edward have been on kind of like an anime kick. So we yeah. finished the whole um, Avatar Last Airbender series, which if you've never seen it, is fucking like incredible storytelling. Like, it's so good. Like, I can't even begin to tell you how good that show is. So okay. they have another show, Voltron, which is on also, which is on uh, Netflix as well. Um, so we're watching that, and Steven Young's in that, and it's kind of like um like a like a like a weird version of uh, Power Rangers. Like they they're each, you oh, know, okay. they each got their own lions, and they come together to form Voltron, which is like their Megazord, and it they're fight they're like the space version of it. And it's anime. And it's an anime, but it's in English. It's all in it. This one's cool. this. These ones are all in English. Um, it's great. It's great. It's on what um, Netflix? It is on Netflix. But you can watch Avatar and Last Airbender. You can also watch that on Paramount Plus, because oh, okay. you know Paramount Plus is now they're they're actually opening the Avatar Studios because this this anime has done so well and it's just oh. so good. The storyline is so good. Like, it's it's great. I'm not a big and you know me. I'm not a big animation person, but. It yeah. like it was truly truly caught my attention. Um, on HBO Max, I started watching that show Generation. Oh, oh yeah. Um, it was really good. I've watched. I've only watched like half of the first episode. So the opening scene is beautiful. Like it's just so funny, and it just it tells a lot. It tells a it tells a very telling story of our society in like those two minutes. So it oh, opens wow. up to these oh, two okay. these two teenagers, in um they're in the they're in the mall, and this girl she's on her phone texting her friend on Snapchat, and it's showing like you know my friend's being annoying, she's being so fucking annoying, but instead of fucking they wrote ducking, and it's so it's like oh that's like a little cute joke because everybody <laughs> know, everybody knows who when you're on your phone and you try to text fuck it changes to duck, cool. and her friends like, she's like oh I just feel so sick I gotta go to the bathroom. And she's like, oh, what's taking you so long? And the girl looks, and there's throw-up on the floor. She's like, can you Google how to have a baby in the mall? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Literally. I was like, what? And these two – and then it ensues these two girls freaking out. 
She goes, how did you not even know you were pregnant? She's like, please, will you Google? She's like, oh, my God, I can't get signal. She's like, oh, my God, check Google. Check the wiki to see how to have a baby in the mall. Like, people have uh, babies in, in taxis all the time. And I was like, wow, does that does not – that is a scary, scary sight. <laughs> and so that, that – description alone has me sold i'm gonna go watch yeah, when I, I get home I, I, I agree. like each episode is only like at least the first episode is only like 30 minutes long but i i mean i was hooked from then oh. it's like the first and i i mean there's a there's also very interesting like there's a podcast directly supported from the show so each episode has a podcast relating to the episode itself oh, oh it interesting like, like a okay. footnotes after the show type absolutely thing. yeah absolutely yeah. that's really cool i like that it's it's good it's kind of got euphoria vibes to it but maybe not as intense as as Euphoria. Maybe not as yeah. maybe well, I won't even say that. Maybe not as dark as Euphoria. Yeah, I was gonna say Euphoria is not intense. Euphoria is just dark. It's very dark. <laughs> like they deal with some dark shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I love Euphoria. But that, that I'm here for show it. Is beautiful. We actually, I didn't, we didn't finish the um, the Christmas the, one. The second one. We watched the one with Zendaya, which was beautiful. I loved it. And you were right. I could, you could totally just listen to it like a podcast. Right. And it's oh my god. I love and it's that. just I as re- a, it's just as effective. That was a good. I feel like that was a good one. I, we didn't finish the one with Rue. Um, we started it, but we didn't get to finish that one. But I felt like like going into it, I felt like it just wasn't as strong as the as hers as in days. I agree. I, I kind of I st- I stopped during that that second one just because I was like, oh okay, cool. Like I mean, I, I'm gonna finish it, but it, I just wasn't as engaged as I was with Rue's because Zendaya just brings a completely different level of acting. And, in, She's an and I'm, a, I'm a firm believer. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. You have to be really good at your craft to be able to just do an hour and a half of dialogue in a diner, like booth, and yeah. everybody be like, "Yes, I'm listening. Like, I'm here for it. Here for um, all of it. Like, just for talking. All of it. Yeah, just for all of it. And." And I think she is, and she's on she's on a different level. And I, I can't wait to see what else like Zendaya does because every time she chooses a new project, I'm like, yeah. I mean, she goes from from Euphoria, and now she's a teenager in like you know um, Spider Man again. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. This makes sense too. Like I can do all of this. So yeah, I love her. I think she's great. Uh, and then me, we started the kids. They started watching the original Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because that yeah, cause it's, great parenting on, on you. It's on Param- It's on Paramount Plus. And yeah. It's. But you know what's funny is that he even knows, like, he's like, hey, there's some episodes. They have removed some of the original episodes from oh, Are You God. Afraid of the Dark because they're deemed to be too scary. Wait, 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 wait. Now the I have one, a question. Is the, is the swimming pool one still in there? That is that is the one that they removed. The one what? where the Night of the Living Pool, or I don't even remember what it's called. We look, we try to look for it. You can't even find it online. That's horseshit. Where it's like that little slime. Terrifying episode. Yeah, that slime monster that gets poured in the pool, and it's like that skeleton thing. I remember that as a kid. We we find clips of it online, but you can. It has been. It's like there's like three or four episodes that have been removed from that we watch that are no longer that no longer exist. That is (laughs) interesting. So now I wonder this because I know they're rebooting. Are you afraid of the dark? They did. Oh, they did. They did. They did like a. They did like a. Oh, they did like a three episode arc. I guess they were gonna oh. try to reboot it. It was. I liked it. We, we okay. watched it. So the... that was my thing. I didn't know that it already premiered or whatever. I was. Uh, so I was thinking like, well, maybe if they haven't, they took them off because maybe they're gonna revisit those stories and kind of do like a new modern take on it or something. But never mind, since they already kind of like sh- premiered. 
Now I'm just mad that they took off one of my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, and f- well, besides my leading up to Justice League, I actually didn't watch the new Justice League, but when we get into the review, I, I'll talk more about that. But I watched uh, Man of Steel. I watched BVS, the Ultimate Edition, which was – I definitely – I enjoyed it. Well, hold on. Do you want me to <laughs> – what did you just say? You didn't watch? <laughs> no, 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 he, you know, he, no, no, no. I, I saw your face. No, he did not watch Joss's, Joss Whedon's Justice League. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were yeah. telling me that you didn't watch Justice League. I was like, then why the hell are we even here? <laughs> why the fuck are you here? It's like, I didn't watch it. I just want to know what you think. No. Well, <laughs> honestly, I watched the one, but I... Justice yeah. Yes, he did not watch Justice I watched, League. Yeah. I'll, I'll be I put it. I put on like the first 15 minutes of it, and I go, after watching... The Snyder Cut, and I go, I can't even watch this. I, yeah, I can't yeah. even look at this. Erase that shit from your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know, I, I I did watch Justice League before this one just so I could do one last, you know, farewell to him and just be like, no, this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I did appreciate watching it before I watched Zack Snyder's because there was, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and finally, the main – one of the, my mains, what you're watching – I watched Persona, that documentary on HBO Max. Oh, um, yes. It's about like companies using personality tests as part of their hiring metrics. And what a great fucking documentary. I was it, blown away at how great this documentary was. It's a series or a no, just documentary? One, it's just one. It's an hour and 25 minutes. That's uh, my kind of about, show. Talk, it's a, it talks about personality tests, about how it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, they talk about the Myers-Briggs and the Big Five, the two different types of personality tests, and how different companies have because they didn't have the because um, you get you get like these four letters there's there's uh, that describe the the kind of person you are, but since Myers-Briggs didn't copyright those letters, many of these companies have reworked it, and it's not the original personality test, and they're using them to um, to stop to like block people who are red flagged from being hiring. Like, oh, well, this show, like basically like a, a way of discriminating against them. It, it, was, it was really, really intense. Like they talk about this, they talk about this kid, um, Kyle Bem, who was, he was, he was slightly autistic. He was, he, you know, he was on the spectrum and he applied to work at this pharmacy that he was already working at. You know, it was kind of like an internal thing, and he applied for the job, and they did the personality test, and they said, no, we can't hire you because you, your personality test showed that you're gonna, you're not, um, that you're gonna avoid customers. So we red, so we red flagged you, and we can't, we can't even consider you. It's like that's, well, that's not fair. And then they showed clips of him, like he's like, I've worked in customer service my whole life, like, like you're using this one little thing, this one metric, and you don't even know me. Yeah, and it it just really dives into all that. They you know, they also interviewed David Scarborough from Unicro. He helped develop and sell sell it to sell these different personality tests to these companies. And his vision is kind of like a well, you don't want to put the wrong person in the wrong position because then they're just going to be unhappy. So what I really just what I really thought was interesting is that they actually do a good job of showing both sides of the issue. Like they present the issue, but they also present you facts from both sides and kind of, you're kind of left at the end to make your own decision, but still showing like 
what these personality tests and how it what what it does and how it actually affects people in our society. It was it was really really well done. I highly wow. recommend people to go watch it. Okay, yeah, no, I'm right. sold. That sounds very interesting. You have a way with words, Ernesto. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just it's just whatever comes to the brain. <laughs> He's a poet and he doesn't even know it. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I'm just a guy who watches shit and sometimes I say good things. <laughs> Sometimes I watch some shit and I have good shit to say. So, um, but yeah, Matt, just to kind of wrap it up, that's all I got. All right. Um, Damn, Ernesto, is this your show today or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So I um I finished listening to Ready Player Two, and so I after I finished listening to the book, I immediately watched the movie um, because I I liked how it ended. I, I like how it came together. And uh, and then I'm like, I still want to live. Is there already a Ready Player Two movie? No, 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 no. I I, oh, I read I I read the book. Well, I, I listened to the book, okay, okay, and then I rewatched the first movie. Got it, got it. Got it. Uh, because I still want to live in that world. Like that that was my mindset. So like I immediately just rewatched it, and you know it was better. I think that was my second or third time viewing it, and it was better the the second or third time. It was a good rewatch, is what I what I was trying to say. Do you feel like uh, you appreciate it? Do you do you feel like you appreciated it more? And the are, movie? You gonna, are you going to go back and possibly listen to the uh, the first audiobook of Ready Player One? I don't I don't need to go back and listen to the first one again. I mean, I, I think uh, I I still remember it pretty vividly. I mean, it was it was a great book. Um, and so then the movie again, I don't think it's better. The movie's not as good as the book, but I think you know, looking outside of what Ready Player Two gave me from listening to the book and then I watch the movie, I have a better appreciation for. I have a more appreciation for the movie. Because of the more information I got from the book, ah, okay. if that if that makes sense, you were able yeah. to pick up on on the little things that maybe a casual viewer like myself wouldn't have been able to pick up. Sure, and then also like I know that the same writer uh, of the book wrote part of the screenplay for the movie, and I think he's in talks of doing the sequel. So like, all right, if 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 you are setting up some things in the first movie for a sequel, I see where you're doing it in the movie. Like I see where you're at. So uh, I'm I'm good with that, and then I also saw um, the making of Wandavision, which was Ooh. a great documentary. Did you, did you end up catching that? No, no. What, so was it worth the was it is it worth the watch? I think it's better that it wasn't a series. So I I liked how it was a uh, it was just one it was one episode. Well, it's under the, on Disney Plus. It's under which is like their series like kind of like where they want to put this but then assembled each episode is the making of wandavision their next episode will be the making of the falcon and the winter soldier so it's only like a template that they're putting this under but basically they're individualized behind the scenes episodes of their disney plus marvel shows and so i I got some useful stuff out of it um it was a lot of the actors kind of describing what the what the show was and like no i get it i know i i I just saw the show i know what this is um but i i like that um i i think there's some good things to get out of it so i was pretty i was pretty involved with um with the with again i liked that that was only like an hour long so I, I can get behind an hour documentary of like a of WandaVision. So I was pretty down for that. Um, I, I they also went into like a deep dive of like the live studio audience thing when they were oh, filming really? in front of people. Yeah, they went into that. They went into um, a couple of things they grabbed from the comics. They went into like how 
when they were filming stuff in the 50s, like in the earlier episodes, they did old style filmmaking as well, like I just said with the live studio audience. And then they also like, hey, I know we typically do visual effects, but can we do physical effects instead just to get in tune with the times? And so like the the effects department grabbed like these strings like to like to simulate magic, even though they don't have to do that, but they did it anyway to give it more of that authentic feeling. So you get stuff like that, which I really enjoyed um, out of the out of it. Um, Estevan, did you ended up watching uh, the uh, the making of WandaVision? I did, and I really enjoyed that whole aspect. Like we were talking earlier about the whole like having the homage to the old like '30s movies, and like I was saying, like that. What was the movie that you said that was like, awful to watch in black and white? Mank. Uh, Mank. Oh, don't don't get him started again. Don't started. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but as opposed to like with WandaVision, like using practical effects like how they did back then was brilliant because I mean I, I bet you, you for like for the actors as well too because everything goes into post production where it's like all right all the magic stuff's gonna be floating around you so look around and all this good stuff. Now she legit had like a lobster like on a wire to like throw out the window. Yeah. And yeah. She mm-hmm. had, like, all these things around her i was like that kind of gives you a different like energy now and a different like i don't know like view on how your scene's gonna go as well too and i lo- and, and it was funny because those first two episodes i mean that whole series and that, that whole series was like each episode was a different decade but yeah those first those first two episodes i didn't really even realize that because it was kind of like all right i didn't realize that those two were from two different decades they were very similar yeah but then after they explained it, i was like oh okay now i can see it but yeah no i had a really good appreciate i had a really strong appreciate appreciation excuse me for um everything that they did on that show yeah and they also dived a little bit into the music as well how they used the same tone for like all of the different uh, uh, openings that they had for the show, and, like you every every music after every intro, you hear like da na na na, and it's it's sprinkled in there within every um, with every intro. So I appreciated that they did that, and so yeah, I, I think it's definitely worth the watch. If you like Wandavision, I'm sure you're gonna like the making of Wandavision as well. Um, I also saw the documentary The Last Blockbuster that's on Netflix. Um, a very fascinating documentary about it, it's kind of telling two stories. It's kind of telling you the history of Blockbuster, like the rise and the fall, as well as concurrently is telling you what's going on in the last Blockbuster, like the one in uh, or Ben, Oregon is where where that location is. And so like they they talk with the manager and like their day to day and you know their fear of you know closing down and you know they're still going strong and it's a small town so like everyone's kind of for it being the last blockbuster and a lot of people still go to it and then you're also telling the story of um like like I said the rise and the fall of blockbuster and some oh and here's the nostalgia like it's full nostalgia mm-hmm. of like yes I remember walking into a blockbuster and looking at these ugly yellow walls but they're filled with movies that you can't wait and then like they they went into like the atmosphere of a blockbuster and like how people would make a date night just to go to blockbuster and part of the date was going and walking around to find the movie and like it's a whole different atmosphere that we don't have today that we don't have in video stores we don't have any video stores nowadays so like especially to rent so um i i really I really like the nostalgia factor for what that documentary gave me because it brought me back to like a time where I used to love going to this. Now my love for movies have been just diving into these streaming services. 
I would, and you know what? I could have a whole show with y'all discussing nostalgia. I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Nostalgia is so interesting to me. And I think mm-hmm. it's just because we all, as a like, as a world, as a community, we all experienced all this stuff together. Like, we had no option but to, like, these are the three channels we have. These are the movies that are available for everybody. This is what we're all reading. This is what we're all watching. This is what we're all, like, experiencing. And now we're in that, we're in this, like, era where like everything is available like on our phones instantly instantly, with like 40 different platforms so it's kind of like we're almost like all doing our own thing now and we're not all share i mean things like this obviously we're all sharing like big blockbuster events sometimes and even then sometimes people are like oh no i didn't that i i'm i'm a podcaster so i only listen to podcasts or i I only watch original series or i only watch you know things from here so i don't know it's interesting nostalgia is just fascinating to me it's just i love it yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's it, funny enough. It's on Netflix. The last blockbuster is, um, and it's actually at the moment, the last time I saw it, it was still trending. So <laughs> there you go. Um, and then uh, the last movie I saw was come play, which is a horror movie that like a techno, a technological horror movie. Um, basically there's like this demon that lives on your device and it's trying to, to capture children for some reason it, it the story wasn't flushed out that well but what was was not bad um was just it was an interesting premise but bad execution that's kind of the the kind of the nitty-gritty of the whole story um and there's just this demon kind of living in your phone your ipad your computer and it was like i was you know it, it's it's kind of one of those things i actually watched it at half uh, like at 0.5 speed because like <laughs> Because I was like, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, okay, so it, it's it's Ernesto. It's the reason why I'm not a fan of scary movies. It's just like it's the whole movie is leading up to like the next jump scare or like it's spending it's taking way too much time to try to scare either you or the or the the leads, and then it, there's no payoff after that. It's like, oh my god, you saw its foot. And then let's move on with the story. And then, oh my God, I saw its eye. And then it's not until the very end where you get the, its full form. And it's like, oh, God damn, it took us an hour and a half to get here. Like, why? <laughs> like, it, we don't need that. Um, but it was an interesting premise nonetheless. You know, if you're interested in horror and something different, I recommend watching it. But otherwise, I didn't really get much out of it. Um, and that, that's what attracted me to it. Otherwise, I've been kind of doing the big binge like everyone else has been doing uh, leading into uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So let's get into it. Let's get into it right now. Uh, let's get it's happening. Estevan, here we go. We're Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Is that why we're here? Oh. Is that why yeah. we're here? Oh crap! Uh, so we're about to dive into our spoiler review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Estevan, I know you've been waiting for this for uh, you know for forever. Uh, I and I wanna I wanna go to you first. Of like the history of, of sorts, like a brief history of like how we got to the Zack Snyder cut. I have been waiting for this since 2017 when I walked out of that theater and thought to myself, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? Uh, so 2017, the theatrical version of Justice League comes out. We're all excited about it. It's supposed to be the third installment into Zack Snyder's, you know, epic, you know, opera of these dc characters starting with man of steel which went into batman v superman dawn of justice um if you haven't watched it i suggest watching it the ultimate edition i know it's three hours long but at this rate we kind of 
which is also funny because you know what? I was telling somebody this the other day. If you watch any of Zack Snyder's films, the best version of Zack Snyder's films are always the director's cut. Like Absolutely. Watchmen. Watchmen director's cut, love it. Watchmen theatrical version, I'm like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> um, I, I mean, maybe the only one is probably like Man of Steel. Man of Steel was pretty good theatrically um, of what they gave. But then BVS, you know, the the Ultimate Edition was just incredible. And then now, clearly, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And well, I think if we learned anything, Warner Brothers just needs to step off of Zack Snyder and let him do what he needs <laughs> to do creatively. <laughs> like, shut up and let me do my work. Um, but yeah, so we so we ended up, um, and then Zack Snyder, unfortunately, his daughter Autumn had um, died um, due to suicide. So Zack had to pull out of the film. Um, him, I believe him and his wife pulled out, um, Deborah Snyder. Um, so they pulled from the film. Warner Brothers decided to, somebody in Warner Brothers saw all of this movie that Zack's, um, I want to know who it was too, um, watched this <laughs> movie and went, nah, trash it. Somebody called Joss Whedon. We're going to go ahead and get this redone. Um, so they bring in Joss Whedon to kind of just finish up. That's all he was supposed to do was finish up um, Justice League, kind of do the post-production stuff. Joss came in and literally 30 minutes of Joss League, um, only 30 minutes of it is actually what Zack Snyder had already filmed. Everything else was reshoots. And jo Joss Whedon gave us this very colorful, very stupid Saturday morning cartoon version of Justice League yeah. that pissed me off, honestly, just because, I mean, I was so excited when it started because I was like, oh my God, this is the first time that these characters that I've adored as a kid are going to be live action put together on film. And yeah. I was like, this is, this is great. And then it started and it like started to like, I'm like, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> like, what's <laughs> the story? I was like, okay. And I think my initial excitement got the best of me because, of course, after it was done, I was like, oh, my God, I was so excited. But then after you think about it, you're like, actually, that was kind of shit, wasn't it? <laughs> like, that was shit. And I was good. like, man, I mean, yeah. I was like, one of the biggest issues that I had, I'm, I'm such a huge Batman fan. So the fact that they had Batman making jokes throughout Justice League, I was like, fuck you, Joss Whedon. How dare you? How dare you? This, this is not Justice. a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. How dare you? And to, to, to be honest, though, like at the time, Joss Whedon just came off of directing uh, Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron. So you can't blame at the time. You can't blame Warner Brothers when they're looking for a director to kind of, you know, fill in the shoes of like, hey, we had this guy who basically took these like Marvel yeah. and brought them together. So why wouldn't we just bring him on for DC? When I first heard exactly. the news, I was excited about that. I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry for Zack Snyder, but I wasn't the biggest fan of Batman v Superman. I'm like, all right, maybe Joss Whedon can just put his little personal touches in to make it a great movie. And as you just said, it did not turn out that great at all. Because I, because I, if I was ever running for for um running for office I, of course they'd come back and be like actually you said this back in 2017 step but no i, <laughs> I, I agree with i agree with you too because at the time i was like fuck yeah josh sweden's coming in he's gonna fuck some shit up he's gonna make right. it look great all he's, gonna do all this, he's gonna do yes yeah, I, had, high I, hopes. I had the best of high hopes and then quickly it was just not it was not that and then very very quickly like instantly after this movie came out and after it was bombed and after it like just did not make the money and the press tour was awful 
the fan community just like banded together. Like everybody was just like, you know what? Screw this. We want to see the Snyder cut. And then hashtag release the Snyder cut was born. And for the past four years, it has just been an ongoing thing. And and it, it's a testament to the fans, I think, as well, too. I, like, this is mm-hmm. this is Zack Snyder's original version. However, I also believe that this is also Zack Snyder's love letter to fans. Like, this was just, it was gorgeous. It was, it's beautiful. It's a completely different story. There's completely new characters. It's a completely different version of what he even had in mind. And it makes sense with the last two movies, with Man of Steel and, you know, BVS. And... The, and what I was saying earlier is like I want to know who in Warner Brothers watched this and was just like nah it's fine I'm like <laughs> what so but no and then you know for the past four years the the um the fan base has really been behind Zack Snyder and Zack knew it and I think Zack Snyder that's why he constantly was like he has a Vero account so he would like release an image of like black <laughs> that we that we never seen before we're like ooh and then he like release an image of something else and you're like ooh. And we're like, come on. Are you even allowed to do this? I know. I was like, are you under contract? I know. (laughs) And and it was just so great to hear, like, you know, all this stuff. And then uh, then a year ago, pretty much like to the day, um, he had did that screening on his Vero account of him watching Man of Steel. And fans could log on and watch him watch Man of Steel. And he talked about what he was expecting, uh, where the idea of the story was supposed to go and where it was going to do all these wonderful things. And right before that, I think – we had no, no no right after that okay so um we were we were trying to and, and everybody was like oh my god maybe he's gonna announce something maybe he's gonna say something because it's almost been like four years since you know justice league and he had henry cavill pop up as a special guest and people were like oh shit what's happening and then zach was like maybe this will help ease everybody's mind and then had that first image of like the the six in black and white and it says only on hbo max and yeah People like me were just like, ah! like, yeah, like, do I cry? Do I scream? Like, what do I do? Um, and I was just so, I, I was so excited. And I think I was just more excited in the fact of like seeing like a trilogy kind of like finally make its way like the, the, the right way it was supposed to. Of course, I'm excited to see Batman and everybody on screen again, but more so to actually get like <laughs> justice and quote unquote um, for, for this, for this film and for these characters more so than anything else. And I think that's what this was mainly these characters got justice like no pun intended <laughs> but like they, they it did them justice it rounded everybody out it gave them a beautiful arc it gave them purpose and it gave them like a legit like something to look forward to in the future whether it be in the Snyderverse or whether it be somewhere else in the multiverse of DC I think this film just did a great job at making us feel heard as as, as fans and who knows was it was it all because of the fans because we wanted it maybe maybe not maybe you know finally somebody at Warner Brothers after they did their little shakeup of people in charge were finally like actually this was pretty good like this is amazing and um, I don't know if any of y'all read it but Vanity Fair did a really good article on the Snyder Cut because this is this is unprecedented. Like this has never happened before. Many directors and many actors have talked about this multiple times. They're like, this is a first of its kind. Nobody has ever gotten their movie to like redo their version because like the theatrical version sucked and everybody's like, oh, we didn't like that. Um, this is the first time that they got a budget together again so they could finish post production, bring original actors back, bring people back to do reshoots. Four years after the initial theatrical release. So it was everything to me. I loved it all. And the and the response to it has just been 
pretty positive on like the go around. And if you look at it, it's funny. Justice League in 2017 had like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes with like a 70% like audience review. And then now Justice League, you know, when it first de um, debuted, like on Friday, was like at a 75% Rotten Tomatoes with like a 99% audience review. I was like, oh my God, clearly, <laughs> clearly <laughs> something was done right and wrong yeah. here. So yeah, um, I, thought it, I thought it was great. Well, th well, first of all, thank you for explaining that because some people might not know like why this is so it's significant. True, yeah. and, and, and so thank you for kind of describing kind of how the Zack Snyder's Justice League came to be. Uh, because I think for me, that's the most interesting part about this. Like you were saying, this is something that's never happened before. It's not like a lot of directors don't get a second chance of directing the same movie. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, not, not directing the same movie, but like being able to make the same movie that's already out. Like, this isn't like a remake or a reboot. It's the same, it's the same movie to some, I mean, hold on. Let me, let me rephrase that. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's a different version of it. It's Zack Snyder's justice league. It's not the same movie, but it's, it's a completely different film. It, it's yeah, a completely 100%. different film. It no, it is, and I, I and I'm correcting myself, but like it's the same story, is what I mean. Yeah. Like for the for the most part, it's like it's the same oh, yeah, yeah. materials, it's the same parts, just you get more of it and told in a different way. It's it's kind of like, all right, I want you to have this movie, but I want you to re-edit it. I'm like, oh. Okay, like not a lot of reshoots went into it's very unprecedented. So, um, so yeah, so obviously Esteban, you thoroughly enjoyed the film. That's no no surprise there. Um, Ernesto, what were your thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League? I absolutely loved this movie. Like it needed, and what's crazy is that after the four hours, I was like, I felt like it needed all four hours. Like every, like it gave every character their chance to breathe. Like, you know, you got like a little bit of everything in the opening Amazonian when they're fight when they're talking about the original battle for the mother boxes. You see a little bit of the lanterns. You see that little quick scene where he cuts off the hand of that one dude. lantern and the lantern ring flew away after he Darkseid almost grabbed it. I mean, Ezra Miller's Ezra, Ezra Miller's intro as a flash when he's at the when he's at the interviewing for that job. And then I'm assuming um that's Iris West. Yeah, that's Iris West, I'm assuming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like yeah, that whole little that she just signed on to come for the Flash movie too. Yeah, that was a beautiful yeah. intro. Like cy the cyborg setup, I mean that was great. Like everybody had their time. <clears throat> and what's interesting is that they even had time to introduce us to new characters that we didn't even know were even being thought of for this film. Like, I don't know, mm -hmm. Martian fucking Manhunter. That was <laughs> that shit blew my mind. I was like, that's Martian fucking and it's and if don't if I I'm pretty sure that guy who was the the general or yeah. whatever, he was in um be, wasn't Man he in Batman vs. he was in Man of Steel. I think he was yeah. Man of Steel too. Yeah, he was a Man of Steel. Yeah, he, he was he was in both films. Yeah. So it's yeah. like we would never have even known that Zack Snyder was setting him up to be that. Isn't it crazy? And like literally, I was in, I was in bed watching it, and the moment that that happened, because it was funny, because after Martha comes out, and then she has the red eyes, I was like, oh fuck! I was like, damn it, Martha's like possessed. <laughs> I thought it was a parademon. <laughs> I know, I, I know, and that's what I thought too. I was like, fuck, Martha's possessed or something. And then you see the cape fall and starts. <gasps> Like literally, I'm like, like the Martian fucking manager. What is he doing? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what in the fuck is happening? So I was like, oh my god, and, and yeah, it was just. It, oh you my get god. him. That was a, that you was get a, a great moment. Yeah. You get a Ryan Choi. You a little bit at the end. 
introducing mm-hmm. him, taking over Star Labs. And yeah. mm-hmm. for those who don't know, he later becomes the Atom. Like, mm-hmm. but you know what's sad is that we're not gonna get any more of this. I, like, I would love to see. I would love to see the whole nightmare cut. Like. A whole movie of the whole nightmare of everything that happens in in his uh, nightmare. And he said the sequel would have been set majority, like prominently in the nightmare realm. And then, oh, I'm sorry. And at the very end, where we fucking saw Deathstroke, like what? <laughs> like the nightmare, that nightmare epilogue, just that that scene alone was worth the entire film for me. <laughs> I I would even love to see oh. a Batman movie with Batman and Deathstroke as as the villain mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they set they obviously set that up to be perfect and i would love to see and it's sad because I, like the movie's four hours and i'm like i just wanted more of this i just wanted mm-hmm. more of that yeah. like i wanted more joker i would love to have seen more introduction of, of joker and to talk about i mean we got to talk about it a little bit in the epilogue with um him killing robin yeah us kind of revisiting that and then now they're all together obviously to yeah. band against uh superman because he's gone evil. It was brilliant, dude, and and, and I love that nightmare scene because it was very, it was really, it was very much just an homage to the Flashpoint. Because in the yes. Flashpoint, this like it's Mara, it's Cyborg, it's you know it's it's Batman and all of them banding together to kind of like take out Superman. And, and then Mara even had that point. She's like, I want to drive this through his heart for what he did to you know to Arthur. So I was like, Well, what the fuck did he do to Arthur? I want to see what's happening. <laughs> I want There's so yeah. much happening. There's so and Zach had said that too. He's like, well, it would have been held in the nightmare realm, and we would have saw a whole scene and a whole thing of Joker murdering Robin. And I was like, I want to see Joker murder Robin so bad. And <laughs> and but yeah, I agree. Like it was just one of those things where it's like that nightmare scene did so much for me. Instantly, Jared Leto got redemption. Like instantly. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, easily. That was the best interaction of Batman and Joker that we needed like for, for this for this version because obviously batman and joker have met in many different versions of film but um but we had never seen ben and jared's version speak to each other and my one of my favorite lines from this entire there's multiple but one of my favorite is just like at the end when he was just like speaking of holding people in my arms when i die when i held harley quinn in my arms she said to kill you slowly and make no mistake I will fucking kill you. And I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, dude, I, was, I was like, oh. Ben Affleck okay. is a really great Batman. Like I have Jeez. to say, like, and I think watching, you really have to watch his cut of BVS. Cause then it becomes more, I don't know what it is like, but it becomes more forgiving when he's going in and just fucking taking people out. Like you really, yeah. you, I guess you get a better understanding of why he is, why he is as brutal as he is. I love the idea of him being, he's been doing this for 20 plus years and he's over everybody's bullshit. I'm like, yeah. not, fuck y'all. I don't care anymore. Just kill them all. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've told you once. I've told you twice. I've told you a million times. And if you ain't going to listen, I mean, and also the arc between Vic Cyborg and his dad that played throughout the whole film was beautifully done. Like the way they ended that Cyborg was the heart of that film. Really? Honestly and truly, which and then would in comparison to the original Justice League where he was barely a, like a blip on the radar. Like he was barely in that film. When in this film, like he's like he's like a very core like he very he very much drives the I mean they all drive the story in their own way, but I felt like he did more so than others. Just I mean, even for him the fact that he was created by the mother boxes. Yeah, and also like yeah, you can understand 
again, like uh, like behind the scenes, you can understand why Ray Fisher was upset at Joss Whedon's Justice League um, because he was cut out, among other reasons. I know there was multiple reasons why uh, Ray Fisher had problems with the film, but one of them being was that, hey, he cut out all of my story. I, I was totally in agreement with him, like, dude, what the hell, man? What, what was that all about? Yeah, if all if you were sitting on all that story and you did, and when you were looking like, oh, what parts of the story do I have to cut out? And you said that one. What get the yeah. fuck out of here? Like, <laughs> get out of here, Joss Whedon, just so you could reshoot butt shots. Like we all know you love the butt. You love the ass, Joss Whedon, but you don't gotta film it every single film. Like get out of here. <laughs> but no, um, I agree. you know what? I will say this: the 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 first forty minutes of this film was better than the entire two hours of Joss Whedon's version of the Justice League. And that's because, I even wrote it down, we didn't see Batman and Flash in costume until one hour and 52 minutes in. In part four of this entire saga. So it's like, man. And which is, I've mentioned this before. One of my, I mean, I love, I always have to preface this with like, I love Marvel because I really do. I have a huge respect for them. One of my favorite things about DC though is that it happened, to be it always seems like it's a film that happens to have superheroes in it as opposed mm-hmm. to a superhero film of people running around for two hours like chasing yes. the bad guy and the villain totally um get it. and and the, and i think this was a really good example of that because again you didn't see flash or costume you know the only costume person you saw was superman dying in, in the preface of it of, of the whole thing of the opening and then um you saw wonder woman in that scene which was completely different and more emotion in it when she was saving all those kids oh yeah um what right like i mean also flat side note um this the wonder woman theme still slaps that shit is so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also for a, for for a film to have to have so many different scores that honor each character but was yeah. still so i felt like it was so it was blended so well into the film like none of them felt disjointed or like really out of place like it was just very well each of them was so very different but so very well placed but so well connected and you know i and i love junkie xl because and i i'm so glad that he came back because first of all i mean the music makes the film i mean ernesto you and i know this because we love to listen to just scores and soundtracks all the time Mm -hmm. um i love me some danny elfman don't get me wrong i do i think he does great and whenever original justice league came out i loved the idea of bringing back that original batman theme and the original superman theme it made sense in a in a way however for these versions of these characters they don't you can't throw in you know john williams and danny elfman's you know batman and superman theme for henry cavill and ben affleck it just never fits because it didn't fit in bbs you can't come you know dun 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 dun, and then you get the justice and like da 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 dun dun. It's like, no, stop it. Like, get out of here. It. I appreciate it, but stop it. And you know, and Junkie XL had talked about. He goes, you know what? We had to change up Batman's theme. And he was like, why though? He goes, it's because it makes sense. He goes because he was no longer suffering from the death of his parents anymore, and he's now mm. suffering the death of Superman, and is trying to combine them together to become one. He goes, so Batman deserved a new theme. I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. You put so much thought into it, as opposed to just like, <laughs> let's throw some notes together and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, what happens. Estevan, you make a good point because also, like, I I'm a huge lover of movie scores as well, mm-hmm. and like Hans Zimmer did the Man of Steel um, 
uh, move, film. He, he scored the film of Man of mm-hmm. Steel. And uh, he gave us that iconic, da-na, da-na. you know exactly what I'm talking about yeah, for, mm-hmm. for Superman's theme. Uh, and then uh, for Batman v Superman, it was Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL. They both scored the film. So it almost made, you know, kind of bringing it back full circle and why, you know, you know, even more fan service uh, for Zack Snyder's Justice League is that they brought back one of the original composers that was giving you those themes the whole time throughout his trilogy. So yeah. it, it's 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 everywhere. The, the attention of detail is, is everywhere in this film. Uh, in every single thing. And it's funny because, you know what, it's it's funny to see the support that's, that everybody's having for this film as well, too. Because every, every day it's a new tweet from, like, the Russo brothers, they're like, that was fucking beautiful, Zach. Congratulations on getting your version out there. And then having yeah. people like the the original creator of Cyborg and Deathstroke that created them for comics says, you know, tweeted, Zach, thank you so much for doing justice to these two characters. You legit did them justice. I mean, if I was Joss Whedon, I'd be crying in a corner right now because, like, <laughs> nobody, like, everybody's like, you were shit, bro. Like, nobody's calling you out my name. <laughs> Uh, I mean, at least in Hollywood, like fans are, but like everybody else, you know, nobody's saying your name specifically, but they're all saying, thank God that other version's gone. (laughs) And Joss Whedon's over here. He's like, remember Avengers? That was good. Yeah, that was me. Shut up, Joss. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sit down. So, so, uh, Esteban, I, um, uh, I lost my thought, train of thought here. I, um, (laughs) that's right. I, um. I watched, I did the full binge just like uh, Ernesto did, but I started with Justice League, Joss Whedon's Justice League. I started with that first, and then I watched Man of Steel, which after, I don't know, how many years that movie came out? Uh, nine, eight years ago? Yeah. Like, I, I was, the movie was okay then. I, 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 it, yeah, I loved it now. I thought that movie... It stands a test of Zach, one of Zack Snyder's best films. I thought it had so much heart and so much great storytelling for the character of Superman. I didn't really appreciate it then as much as I do now. Then I watched Batman v Superman, the Ultimate Edition. And I, I even there was the first time I watched it with the extra 30 minutes. And you're right, it does give out more clarity on a few things. But ultimately, my, my thoughts for the film were kind of the same, that it was just all right. I didn't love it. Walking into Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, my expectations were very low because of my feelings toward uh, Justice League um, in 2017. <laughs> and I will have to say that everything I've ever said to you, giving shit on all of this, I apologize because this movie was downright fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's I if I was never really on the release the Snyder cut. I'm like, look. Like like this movie's not gonna be that much different. What if it sucks? Like yeah. you know, we probably don't we probably don't need this movie. Like I was never really on board with it. I was stuck over at Marvel Land being like, well, we're doing great over here. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and so like my well, you know, and then I you know I was even deterred by like ah four hours really Zack Snyder. All right, but I was like I was gonna watch it anyway. It's like it's more of a curiosity than anything. And man, did I did I have my foot in my mouth the whole time? I was like, oh shit this is really good. Like, this is not like really good. This is like amazing. Like, and this is like, 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 like just as Ernesto said, um, I, 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 I sat down four hours straight. I didn't pause it. I watched the whole thing. And then when I was done, I'm like, that's it. Like, like Zach's like, what do you mean? That's it. That's four hours. What do you mean? That's it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I want more. Like this was the, this was the movie that you've been sitting on. 
for this long. And what's yeah, interesting actually, is actually, that you know what. He wasn't sitting on. This is the movie that Warner Brothers. Has been Warner Brothers was sitting on. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I I truly believe that we w- this is not the version of Zack Snyder's Justice League we would have gotten if it came out in 2017. I think the yeah. studio was probably up his ass about like we're not releasing a like back in 2017 they're like we're not releasing a three-hour movie we're not doing this we're not doing that we don't care what your plan is we you know the studio has to be the studio head and they're probably going to cut it down and then we're probably going to get a maybe a three-hour version like batman v superman in the blu-ray but this version would not have happened if it wasn't for the series of events that got to it and so with 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 the prep that was in Batman, you know, the the lead up to Zack Snyder's Justice League, the the amount of fan base and then to be rewarded like that, it's it's fantastic. I felt the same as when I was watching Avengers Endgame and I, I felt more emotional for Avengers Endgame. But like I sat through 22 minutes of, of all of these movies and like now I'm rewarded as a fan with Avengers Endgame. And then I felt like that people who are really into it, like yourself, of like really wanting the Zack Snyder's Justice League, here's your reward for for wanting this version of the movie. Um, and for me, as like a casual, not a casual viewer, I'm, I'm obviously a big fan of superhero content. Um, but as like a like as I was rewatching these, building myself up to Zack Snyder's Justice League, I'm like, bravo, man, bravo. That that was it, it's it's a different type of comic book film that it's it's a spec. Like I, I like I wish this was on the big screen. I'm happy that I saw yes. it and, and it, it was in yes, yeah, sure it was at my house, but like man, that ending though. Not, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the epilogue. I'm talking about why the fuck would Joss Whedon take out Flash saving the world and instead he saved a family of four in 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 that ending scene is beyond me i have no idea why he did that but like uh barry allen going back in time to do a wrong within that finale i was like i'm literally at the edge of my seat like is no they're doing they're doing it in this movie what about flashpoint i was like are you but i think i think that that is what flashpoint is supposed to be about has to be a point I mean, or is he going to go back? Or unless that's the, unless that's his thing to go back and save his mom, because the original, the Flashpoint comic, and move in animated film, he goes back and saves his mom, and that's what fucks up the world. Like it yeah. does, like a butterfly effect, and fucks everything. And up. I'm, I'm wondering, if, in, in the same thing, because I'm wondering if they, they, I think, man, I, I'm wondering if he just paid homage to Flashpoint as opposed to that being the Flashpoint. You know what I mean? Because I think Flashpoint is can still happen because technically I think this well, is I mean, it is happening. Like, I mean, a flashpoint flash, movie. Yeah. yeah. The flashpoint movie well, is it, coming a version of a flashpoint movie is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what, yes. and I think that's what, I think this is like one of the cool things about comics is that we can interpret it in different ways and there can be different versions. And since DC is very big on their multiverse right now, I think that's cool that you can have different versions of flashpoint. So mm. flashpoint isn't just one thing. Flashpoint mm-hmm. can literally be anything. Because Flashpoint could change at any point during the multiverse. And Joker made that comment as well, too. He goes, why is yeah, that did. every version – he goes, in every version, you're not man enough to kill or you're or you're not man enough to take care of what's going on. And yeah. even more so, you know, because, I mean, Zack Snyder made um, a comment of which Robin it was that Joker killed, and it's the Dick Grayson version, which it's crazy because for comic book fans and, you know, DC fans and Batman fans, Dick Grayson is the – 
the first son. Like, you know, that's almost like that's that's he's high up there because Dick has gone through everything. He was the original boy wonder. He became his own in Nightwing. And then he took on the mantle of Batman at one point and then went back to becoming a secret agent. Like Dick Grayson is the man, dude. Like, I love Dick Grayson. So for Zack Snyder to be bold enough to be like, actually, the Robin that died was uh, Dick Grayson. It's like, oh, how dare you? I'm so <laughs> intrigued, though. <laughs> like, what? Tell me more. So, yep, I mean, I, and, and I love that little quote. It's just like, I will never understand why you sent a boy wonder to do a man's job. I was like, ooh, fuck. But, but from what I understand, like, we're done with the Snyderverse. Like, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill... And Ray Fisher, they're done. Like they're done I with know, those characters. It's, look, it's, look, it's I... been interesting recently because now that this is becoming a success, it's been there's been whispers everywhere, and, people, and then Zach has been like, "No, I'm done. I have no in- interest of doing it anymore. I'm just going to tell y'all what I decided to do as sequels." Like he said, "Oh, it was going to be in the nightmare version for the sequel. At the end, Batman would have sacrificed himself, and Lois and um and Clark's son would have became the new Batman." I was like. I want to see this shit yeah <laughs> yeah but, they, they you know I, I did I, go ahead sorry. <laughs> i know you're good I, I was gonna say that i did um uh i watched a video that was explaining what was like zach's vision of justice league two and three and basically everything you were saying um but it was just like whatever he's saying like this this was in the this was coming up like and like the the fact that jo- Zack Snyder had the balls to like yeah I left it on a cliffhanger on like there's more to come but there's a chance that nothing's coming but there's a chance that it might I don't know I just put it in the movie I'm not saying that it's gonna happen but uh AKA uh, Warner uh, Brothers pay me and then I'll make the movie yeah. <laughs> like pay pay them pay him yesterday like yeah. seriously and Give but it, full but it's creative fu- control. And I love what Zack Snyder said because it was an interview and asking, like, you know, now the hashtag has now been restore the Snyder verse that's been trending after release the Snyder cut. And so he went out and said, like, look, if you would have told me, if you would have presented me two options saying that Zack Snyder, uh, that Warner Brothers would have given me money to make this movie that's already been out for four years, or if Warner Brothers would have given me money to make a sequel to the movie that came out four years ago, I would have said, uh, that they would have given me money to make a sequel to the movie that came out before. Not, they're giving me money to make the movie that's already out. So with that, he he said, never say never, because I never thought I was going to make this movie, the Snyder, the Snyder Cut. So and you know what? And, I am, and I'm so glad that he was given the opportunity to release his version of the film before or, or instead of doing the sequel, because honestly, I don't know if I would have been as excited for the sequel because that movie left such a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, how yeah, absolutely. dare you? Like, how dare you, Superman, be like, do you bleed? And then throw him, and then Batman's like, something's bleeding. I was like, oh, <laughs> stop it. I was yeah. like, screw you. Who wrote this? I was Who like, wrote shit. this? I know. I was so mad. But you know what? But, and it, Joss Whedon did such a disservice to these characters. 100%. Because see, seeing Zack's original version... Like, what the hell? Like, even even The Flash. Obviously, we know Flash is supposed to be comedic relief every once in a while. And in Joss' version, that's all it was. And then here in, in Zack's version, those those moments that I was expecting him to be, like, that comedic relief, he was very serious about it. Yeah. And then there was even moments where, where, like, Flash would joke around, and then he wouldn't get a reaction from, like, Wonder Woman. So he's like, oh, no? Oh, okay. 
Yeah. All right. He's like, how are you going to do it? And he's like, with the power of love. And then, you know, and, and uh, Cyborg is like, Barry. He's like, oh, yes, this, this, and this. And he's like, okay, good. So I was like, I like that idea that, you know, yeah, he's fun and he's funny, but it's still serious. Like, there wasn't a lot of joking in this film. There were some, like, chuckle moments here and there. But for the most part, like, this is, like, we're getting down to business. We're here for some serious shit. We're going to make sure everybody knows what's going on. And we're going to we're gonna show you why Ray Fisher is Cyborg. And I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking beautiful. Like, yeah. <laughs> Finally and, did Cyborg justice. Fuck, even Martha. Even Martha Kent got a good little um, portion of the film in there. And it was a decent amount of screen time. And it made sense. Like, it didn't take away from anything. It added more to the story. And it gave it a little bit more heart. And I, I don't know. It, it was just a... It was a way to just kind of like revisit it, and then it, and it was funny. I watched Justice League right before Justice League, and it really did feel like it felt like nerd Christmas for me. I set my alarm for midnight, and and then I woke up, and they were like, <laughs> "Oh, it's not going to be released until midnight Pacific time." I was like, "Fuck, that's at two in the morning." All right, all right, go back to sleep. And then I woke up at one, so I could. <laughs> I woke up at one, so I could do a final for school, and then I finished my final i was like all right power nap for like 25 minutes and then i powered nap for 25 minutes and then i woke up at 2 a.m i watched justice league straight through and then i was just blown away and i instantly once the credits rolled i put my shoes on and i got in the car and i drove for eight hours to west texas to go camp and then just thought about it the entire way over there and i will be um it's an eight-hour drive, and for four of those hours, I just played Zack Snyder's uh, <laughs> um, uh, Justice League in the background, in the car, just listening to it, and it was That's driving. hilarious. Just, just, just <laughs> driving. I was like, I just want to get into that again. I just want to like hear some of the dialogue and stuff. But um, and then and here's the thing: I've always thought Amy Adams as um, Lois was a little. I don't know. I don't know. It's a hit or miss for me with Amy Adams. On sometimes, I really do love her, but as Lois, it was kind of eh. Amy Adams as Lois Lane in um, Zack Snyder's version of Justice League was great. Amy Adams as Lois Lane in Joss Whedon's version of Justice League is whiny, and I don't. Like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> like, so it's so it was well, just it, I, I I just thought everything that happened with his version was just a great way to round these characters off, bring them back to this like original aspect of what they really mean and who they really are. And oh, man, Wonder Woman was great. I love the whole Amazons um, having this huge. I mean, and it was funny. Tucker was watching it with me. He's like, "Did she just lock them into this thing and just like s- drown them in the middle of the ocean?" I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! You gotta yeah. make sacrifices sometimes." <laughs> 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 the great, greater good, Tucker. Keep moving. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Shit happens. <laughs> Shit happens. Get over it. <laughs> um, but I thought it was great. And then just to, I mean. I don't know who was in the the um the visual effects division when Justice when Justice League came out the first theatrical one they're like let's make him less scary and make him into this like <laughs> shit Steppenwolf <laughs> that has no backstory yeah <laughs> like what and and that's yeah. what we and now we got it we got it full, we got a full thing I understand him I understand parademons now I understand you know apocalypse and you know who you know um dark side is it's like we didn't get that we didn't get any of that from the first one and now you actually have something to like tangible to like hold on to you have something to feel emotional about that first one was just literally a saturday morning cartoon like i said it was an episode from justice league unlimited that made no sense and had nothing to do with (laughs) the 
with a complete storyline. <laughs> well, again, you make a lot of great points. I feel like the biggest thing about this movie was clarity. Literally in the first frame, you see Superman dying, and you see like his his you know I, I don't know echo sounds his 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 voice literally waking life up force or whatever his, yeah, yeah life force sonar whatever you want to call it but him dying awoken the mother boxes and like I literally said out loud I'm like oh that makes sense like and like like I just watched like uh, two days ago the original Justice League and I was like you know that that could have taken you know five minutes. You could have added that in there to make sense, but like you, you just had to skip over it. Instead, we got Batman um, fighting a parademon, and Alfred being like, "We got to get the sonar." I'm like, "Well, I'm glad that wasn't in the movie because that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that was a that was a weird way to start it." But like Superman dying and awaking the mother boxes make complete sense. Like uh, again, Esteban, like you were saying, um, we have. Uh, we get a lot more backstory on Steppenwolf. We understand that he's basically Loki and he wants to, you know, impress Thanos. I get it now. Click. Done. Parademons. Oh, they're just the souls of the people, the planet you took over? Great. I understand that. Like, where was that in the original version? I just, I don't understand as a storyteller why you would decide to leave some of the things out. Now, that being said, the, the women singing and picking up Aquaman's clothes after he goes into the ocean, yeah, I can see why you cut that out. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't need to it's be in there, weird. but like, and and that that is a little weird. I but you know what I and it's funny. I talked to my sister about that too, and she's like, I have two issues. It's probably my same too. <laughs> Go ahead. She's like, I think there was a lot of slow motion. I was like, okay, yeah, I I agree. Um, I go, that's kind of like Zack Snyder's forte. Like, that's his thing, yeah. Look at Man of Steel, look at everything. Like, that's his thing. And you had four hours of it this time. And she goes, and the singing. I go, I will I will give you that as well, too. I go, but I think that we were just taken aback because we're so used to a score and not mm. actual vocals. Because, like, Wonder Woman's yeah. theme is still there, but it has added vocals beforehand now. Like, the, oh, and you're like, oh, yes, shit, yeah. it's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> but but even, even with Wonder Woman's scene, though, like, technically – for the most part, the scene kind of played out the same as it was in the in the Justice League version. The only difference, the big difference was after the whole scene was over and this little girl was like, I want to be you one day. And then I forgot what Wonder Woman said after that. I'm like, that's so touching to have that scene in there. It gives the character levity and you're like, nah, cut it. We're good. We don't need that. And move on. And like. That. We don't need that part in there. There's a lot of extra scenes that just make sense. And that was the biggest takeaway I got. And then also, obviously, they were re-edited. Like, you went, you went back to Lois Lane. Lois Lane was used as a plot device. She, like, once Superman was, was reborn and was, like, you know, taking down everybody, Batman's like, take out the secret weapon. And then Lo, uh, Lois shows up. And he's like, she's like, Superman, stop. And then, like, they both fly away. But then in, in but in uh, Zack Snyder's version, Lois Lane was visiting his gravesite, or, or I guess his memorial, every single day since his death. You can tell that she still loved him, had feelings for him. She was like, literally, like, this is my last day. Yeah. Like, I, I think I need to move on. I spoke to uh, Martha Kent, who was actually Martian Manhunter, and was like... Uh, you got to move on. She's like, you're right. I'm going to do one last visit with my cup of coffee and then I'm going to bounce. And well, now, now Superman's return. You make a good day to want to leave. And, and like that, it just makes so much 
it's it's just better. Like that's that's a better storytelling of someone revisiting rather than I'm going to use you as a plot device if I need you because I don't know if this is going to work or not. But maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, like and then uh, Ernesto, like you were saying, uh, Cyborg got justice for Cyborg. We got his intro, his middle, his relationship with his father, um, the death of his father. Like there was weight behind that. And, like, we understood the journey of the mother boxes. It's just – it was just a spectacle to see. Definitely. Uh, I, such a great I, movie. I, and, I, you know, and one of the things I really loved, because I know when they were um, releasing, they were like, all right, you're going to be able to watch it four hours and two minutes straight through, or you're going to be able to watch it in chapters. So I was getting a little worried about that because I was like, man, I really don't want them to release it in chapters. Because then you're gonna have the critics be like, that made no sense. Well, guess what? You didn't watch it in order. So, and <laughs> it's, but as opposed yeah. to, that, I, yeah, I I love the fact they were all broken up into chapters, but you still had to watch the whole four hours and two minutes in order to get. Yes, I, and. And that was the mistake that I thought. Is I thought there were like two different tabs you could have done. Like here's the miniseries version, or here's the four-hour-long version. But I like, like you said, it actually worked well with the movie of the chapters being there. It's like, all right, part four. I'm like, okay, I like I'm moving along with the story now. This is just a part. Like you can choose to stop, or you can choose to keep going. That was a good move on it, and like it didn't distract me at all from the movie. Like uh, you know, overall, it, it was just like again. I and I also I want to go back to. The, the final battle scene, it, it, it looks so much better. First of all, it looked way better in the night than it did in the Red Sky. Mm-hmm. Then The Red Sky was in Justice League, and then Zack Snyder's like, we don't need the Red Sky. We don't need that. Um, we also got, like, a freeze frame of all it was like a slow-mo freeze frame of all like the the yeah. all the members of the Justice League kind of like standing still and i almost been like it to me when i saw that it just said fuck you Joss Whedon i did this better than you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Don't yeah you got up. your circle mo- you got your circle moment in avengers but look at this look at this right here look at this. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the, we and the then, Batmobile in there. Like, that's crazy. Like, everybody. <laughs> like, it makes so much sense. I love that shit. And, and again, that goes back to, like, wanting, wishing we had that in theaters. Because if I would have saw that shit on IMAX, I would have, that would have been one of those moments where I went, yep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like, those are the moments that you cheer with people in the crowd. Like, those, yeah. like, yeah. imagine... Imagine when Captain America picked up his shield and you watched it at home. You're like, oh! Any, yeah. Anybody? No, just yeah. me. No, just, just me. me. I all saw right. that. All right. All right. Just cool. saw that. Or just, like, or, or just like you're watching it like either on your phone or whatever. And then like even with your Ernesto, like, oh, my God, did you just see the keep it down, honey? We got to feed the kids in a minute, okay? Like you, you lose that atmosphere just, <laughs> yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. It's like when you're, in, when you're a room full of fans, like that's how that should have been watched. And like, can, oh, I mean, I lost Martian my Man shit. Scene. Can you imagine exactly. the theater if Martian Man when Martian Manhunter comes out? Everybody be like, "What? Is that oh my god! Oh my god!" <laughs> People just throw themselves on the screen. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, um, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just thought that they there was a lot of uh, like those like, again going back to the end when like you had them actually working as a team. Like them, like fighting together. Like it felt like that. Um, in in the original version, they were fighting separately for a bigger cause. Where in this movie, I felt like they were working together to go against Steppenwolf 
Yeah. And 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 again, I go back to that Barry Allen scene. Like I could literally watch Barry Allen go back in time over and over and over again. That was like my on your left for Captain America and the portals or picking up the shield. That was like that moment where like that is cinematic. That is like huge. I I loved I love that scene. Yeah. And, and completely and completely and so important to like going forward as well too because again, Barry just fucking saved the world. He didn't just save some rando family in some toxic, you know, radioactive like <laughs> town for some reason. I don't yeah. know why that was even there. And so yeah, yeah, I think Barry played a big part. But you know, one of my biggest things that I was noticing um, after I watched it again, there's some really, really, really small details that I love because. It just shows that Zach's not just a director. He's a legit fan. Like, he's a, he loves these characters. Yeah, he, he does. If you look at that very end, after everybody's done their thing and everybody's kind of going back, you know, Flash is doing his thing, running through cent- um, Central City, and Cyborg's doing his thing, Wonder Woman and everything, and Batman's on top of that tank. That's the, like, that's the fucking tank from The Dark Knight Returns, from Frank Miller's <laughs> version. And then mm-hmm. if you look very, very closely... In the headlights of the tank, he has a gang. He has um, what what are they? Um, the um, the mutant gang members. He has a he has a bunch of mutant gang members wrapped up in rope, waiting, you know, to be taken by GCPD at some point. Yeah. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my god, I didn't even notice that the first time. Like, you have the mutant gang members sitting in front of the tank from like the Dark Knight Returns. I was like, Zack Snyder, (laughs) you son of a bitch. I love you. Uh. It's truly a shame that, like, the studio heads can't see the genius of what this is. And hopefully they change their minds, I, you know, with the success of, of, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, and, like, you know, like, you've all, like, or Esteban, you said, they're already introducing the multiverse. This could be one of them. Sure. I mean, they've already came out and said, oh, this isn't part of the DCEU. Like, we don't give a fuck what this we is a part a of. Fuck, fuck you. You <laughs> yeah. already make bad decisions anyways. One yeah. Of yeah. Fuck y'all. You obviously don't know what you're talking about. I know. Exactly. Exactly, but but luckily we're still getting these, you know, we're still getting Wonder Woman movies. The Flash point is coming out. We're getting an Aquaman sequel. Like some of these characters are still living on. But that also gives me hope that maybe, just maybe, we could get a little bit more of Zack Snyder's Justice League. But ultimately, kind of like my final statements on this, it's just like it's it's true fandom reuniting and then being rewarded at the same time. This movie was was fantastic. It make me love. Like it, it also just a stylized. It was also just a visually amazing to watch all of these these images come to life and like especially for the fans who've wanted this for so long and like Zack Snyder basically teasing everybody of like, well, here's what this could have looked like. Also, we got the you know Superman's black and black and white suit. That like badass. That like good. that. It was. That's a badass looking suit. So nice. Yeah. It's beautiful, yeah. It's like. Dude. Joss, why did you why did you give him color? Like, great, you know, he looks he looks good in a in a in blue and red. No one's doubting what he what a good suit looks like, but that black and white looks it's a badass suit, man. It's I, it, it's it, it's a love letter to 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 comic fans, like love letter to comic books, just filmmaking in general. Like, yes, it's a four hour movie, but I would have sat there for another two and just witnessed what this was. So I absolutely love the film. As did I, and I think you know, and I think that it just constantly now, you know, I think it just it just shows how much I'm now now I'm pissed because it's like fuck, damn you, Warner Brothers, I want more. Yeah. I would even I would even I would even be happy if we got like if we got if we got like a, a prequel 
series of Batman and, you know, him and Deathstroke and then Batman fighting different other villains like in, in Gotham before Justice League, but still yeah. in Affleck. And you know what I mean? I would appreciate mm-hmm. that just so it feels like we're getting a little bit more of that Snyder version um, into it. Um, I know Warner Brothers is getting, giving us a Green Lantern series, and so that's it was right. Nice to see, it's, it was great to see the lanterns in that fight scene. Oh, let, let me back up real quick because I have a huge appreciation for that whole scene of the of the old gods fighting. Mm. You know, um, Dark Side. Dark Side when he first when he first yeah, a great I, another great that scene. Was, that was incredible. Like that that scene alone is like a is an entire show or something right there because it was beautiful. The the choices that Zach made for like the gods. You know, mm-hmm. having the Amazons there, having the Atlanteans before they, like, you know, um, do, going into the water. And then having Gal just narrate the entire um, the entire thing was brilliant. And I and I just read something about the whole Green Lantern scene. After um, he cuts off his hand and he kills the lantern, the ring comes up and goes off. And, like, the um, I, I think it was the original creator or somebody from, uh, from the comics was like, well, don't forget, the ring always searches for somebody that has the most, like willpower and clearly after destroying 100,000 earths you know he has the willpower but the, that's why the ring hesitated because he was like oh shit now we sense like evil how much evil is in you so then it, sh- it shot off so that's yeah. why the, that's why the ring hovered for a little bit because like oh technically this guy would be next to have it it's like oh, yeah, wait, yeah. wait 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 wait, 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 wait nope. <laughs> hold on hold on <laughs> hey what, that's what, a green hold, one hold up wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so i was like oh my god and you know, because now I even want more. I want to see um, first of, I mean, also, um, Steppenwolf's demise was so oh my much, god, so much better than stupid ass like he died because they can smell his fear now. Shut up, <laughs> Joss Whedon. <laughs> Shut up. Like, you literally, oh. you got like a push, a shove, and a beheading. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that and like you were saying, they were working together a lot more this time, Matt, and like we had a solid story because even Flash's dialogue when they first see Steppenwolf, he you know, in the original version, he was like, I just pushed some people and ran away and you're like, Come on, Barry And in this one he's like, Man, I miss Superman right now He goes, But this is the bad guy, let's fucking go And he's yeah. like, This isn't together So like they understood that they were supposed to be a team at least, trying to be a team. So they had a few missteps here and there, but for the most part, like yeah, no, they 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 came together to do, and Josh and Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon can I don't I don't care what Josh Whedon does, but um, <laughs> but Zach Zach Snyder just delivered everything that I wanted from it, and then even more. Um, I had my surprise moments, I had my heartfelt moments, um, and your emotional moments, and then you had complete moments of action, and just just amazement like pure and, and, and it really was just it was four hours and it's not even a film that is literally art it was art <laughs> yeah uh, uh um uh uh esteban i almost wow i forgot, forgot your name um wow <laughs> wow Matthew. wow <laughs> so uh esteban <laughs> i got your name right this time and uh, uh ernesto <laughs> I will uh, I guess I'll ask you the same question. If Warner Brothers like, hey, we're not doing a live-action version of this anymore, but we will give you an animated version of the, in the continuation of Jack's X-Side Justice League, would that be good enough for you? No. Not even, not even close. No, that's a hard no. question, and no. I'm going to answer no right away because, yeah. don't get me wrong, DC animation is top-notch. Like, that's Agreed. the one thing 
that is one thing that they do beautifully. However, this it's not like Smallville. After 10 seasons of me and Ernesto literally religiously <laughs> watching Smallville, and then after the 10th season being like, all right, this is what the 11th season would have been. We're going to give you a graphic novel. That's cool. I can I can go with that. Like I could I could get on board with that. With this, though, this is completely different. Like, this yeah. has a different feel to it. This has a different emotion mm-hmm. attached to it. You can't just give me all of this and then, like, contradict not, – not contradict, but, like, kind of, like, almost, like, treat me – like, treat the fans like, all right, here you go. You're going to enjoy this if it's Zack Snyder still, but we're going to give you an animated version. I'm going to be like, no, no, that's not <laughs> – that's not – no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but, you know, uh... so, Yes, I would enjoy an animated version of something, but no, not a sequel to this. No. All right, all right uh, Esteban, I'm sorry, wow. Ernesto, same question to you and your final yeah, thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> uh, no, that would not suffice, especially after seeing all of this. And, like, like it's just really sad because this the only thing sad it makes me feel is that it's, like, it just shows me what could have been, like, like DC with this, to me, there's potential for um, DC to give Marvel a run for their money when it comes to their films. I felt like this is the first seriously. Time, this is the first time they've come out like really strong and done a really great job as far as universe building. They left enough time for everybody's character to be flushed out, and they did so much setting up, but still didn't take away from what the film was trying to accomplish. Like they like they gave you setups for they basically gave you a backdoor pilot for Cyborg and the Flash and Aquaman yeah. to a cert, to a smaller to a smaller to, extent to, and, to, Deathstroke. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Deathstroke and yeah, Deathstroke and and Deathstroke and and Joe intro, Maganello you know, with Deathstroke is mwah, I love it mm, I'm here for best it. thing and then you know I I know I loved it man I I'm just it's just sad because I want it I want more. But, I mean, who knows if anything will come in the future. Because, I mean, especially I would really love to see a, a Ben Affleck Batman movie directed by Zack Snyder completely, like, untouched from the studio. Like, let that man just get take get complete, complete creative control and just give us the, the full film. Doesn't matter if it's five hours long and 16 parts or eight yeah. hours long <laughs> and 20 parts. Like... Because Ben beat the fuck out of some people, please. <laughs> I think I think with this, I really think with this, Zack Snyder found the way to deliver his to make his movies more digestible. Like having it in the parts, it doesn't seem as daunting as a task for people to watch his films. Because you know it's basically a big ass miniseries, just not chopped up in episodes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I I I like what you said when. Um. Well, I I'm I'm losing my train of thought here. It, it's <laughs> my my brain is going out. Uh, you said something that I liked. I don't remember what it was anymore. <laughs> was it was it about Vague, thanks. creative control? <laughs> uh, creative control. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna Batman be honest. Series. I just Batman. Batman well, I will say this. I, I I will say this. Zach did bring Ben Affleck to do the reshoot for that nightmare scene. And man, like. You, I mean, and it was funny because I was talking about this with my sister. She's like, and you can tell Ben lost weight and like slimmer because when yes, he, he did the nightmare scene. He had like the the cow just was like a little bit bigger on his face than usual. I was like, but man, that also kind of fit very well in the fact that it's like a, this apocalyptic, you know, place yeah. where nobody's really getting healthy lifestyles, anyways. And um, so I was like, that that was that was great. And then to reference all of these people, and then 
you know, again, I, I think Jared got a redemption instantly, but I love the fact that they gave Jared that, that line of, he goes, how many different versions, or, you know, timelines does it take for you to become a man? And I love that because that, just that, that sentence alone explains there's no tattoos or no damage and all this other stuff because how right. many versions have you gone through in this version of Joker? So I was like, that, that makes a lot more sense. And I really liked the way that he was able to like, all right, let's, let's recheck this and not put some weird ass tattoos on him and still let him be the Joker, not have to have short hair and let Jared Leto come in and just be Jared Leto basically. And when, um, we'll just cake on some white. Yeah. And also not only that is like when he said that line, like how many versions do you have to go through? I'm like, wait, how there's, many did you go through? <laughs> how many, how many did you, how many, how, Zach, what are you saying right now? Like how many, how many did he go through? Like uh-huh. how many, what, what version of this are we seeing right now? Um, and I, I remember what I was going to say now. Um, Zack Snyder could have easily um, ended it. Like you said that you, like you were saying, Ernesto, that you wish, like you hate that you wanted more. Like after you're done watching, like you want to see what, what happens next. And like, well, Zack Snyder had all the power to do that. He's like, all right, I'm just going to end it here. You know, I'll wrap up, I'll wrap up the story to make it cohesive. But he was like, no. I'm going to give you what I wanted. And like, again, like we've all been saying, um, he left room for that. Like, it's not a cliffhanger. It's just like, this is where the story would have been. So I don't know. He's smart smart because he left it at a place to where the fans have already fought to get the Snyder cut out there. And if there's such a good reception, especially for the way that he ended it, he just left it. He left the universe so open-ended that it almost demands that there be follow up to what we just watched. Like, yeah. like I felt like after I watched those four hours, I was like, okay, there need there clearly needs to be more story. Like there ha- like he has to tell the nightmare story. Like it feels like a necessity. Like yes. but that could be smart on his part. Like, hey, maybe this is my negotiation to come back for you guys so I can give the fans exactly what they want. And maybe this is a, sh- a testament to show you, okay, well just put my shit on HBO Max and everybody yeah. will come watch it. But also, like, we don't know what the Flashpoint story is going to be. And we do know that Ben Affleck's Batman is going to be in it. So who's to say that, you know, uh, uh, Zack uh, uh, Snyder uh, might have... Uh, I, I need you to become correct again. Uh, ben Affleck and who is going to be in this Flash movie? And Michael Keaton's Batman is Thank also you. going to be don't in the movie. Don't you dare okay. disrespect I, the Batman. I, I wasn't disrespecting... <laughs> I'm not disrespecting the Batman. Say his name. Say his name. Where I was getting at was that because these characters are still living on and because it's a Flashpoint story, who's to say that a part of Zack Snyder's story could continue in the movies? And if if the success of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is big and Flashpoint goes big, and also it does help that his new movie on Netflix, Army of the Army of Dead or Army of the Dead, that comes out in in two months from now, if that's a huge hit. Then Warner Brothers is like, oh man, he's having one hell of a year. He's having, you know, he's doing something. Let's let's bring him back on. It the the possibilities are literally endless. Yeah. Um, but it's out there, and he was like Ernesto, you were saying, very smart to kind of leave it open ended. Like, yeah, other people could pick up from it, or I could do it. Whichever, <laughs> whichever one you want, Warner Brothers, your call. I'm just, I'm, you know, you maybe you've told me to make like, a movie. I, I, I just, did. I just feel like Warner Brothers is gonna be in like. In like a year or in a few months, he's gonna be like, Zach, can you come back and do like all your what you were gonna do because everybody's protesting what we're <laughs> like what we're doing. Yeah. Nobody's watching our movies anymore. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny because then, 
it, it'd be like the reversal of of, of uh, with Marvel. Like Marvel's like, hey, James Gunn, um, we we made a mistake. Uh, can we can you come back and like, uh, you gotta hold up for a second. I'm doing Suicide Squad, so you gotta have to chill. Yeah. I'll, I'll get back to my Guardians. It's still my baby, but like I got a new baby going on, so I'm gonna give yeah. some love to that first. And like I can only imagine if like Marvel sweeps up Zack Snyder, like, uh, well, oh, you, Warner Brothers, you want him? No, I will take him. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm expecting as well too. And you know what? And again, I will say that this the, the What's been really cool with Warner Brothers right now is they it was really smart of them because I've been dying for a Suicide Squad trailer. It's coming out in like June or August. Like it's August, August yeah, it's we, quick. We don't even we don't even have a trailer. We had the behind the scenes from like DC Fandom. But so true. It. Yeah. And and but it, but it's also smart because it hasn't taken away anything from like Zack Snyder's Justice League. We we didn't see any like new release like we didn't see any new back uh, uh, behind the scenes images from Matt Reeves is batman we haven't seen anything from um, the suicide squad we haven't heard anything about black adam even though that it's getting ready to start filming um we haven't heard anything about you know the flash even though it's about to start filming like very soon um it's just been Zack snyder's justice league that has mm-hmm. been being focused on and i was like that's pretty brilliant and also makes me wonder like what else do you have up your sleeve because if you're really yeah. putting all this focus on just Zack's right now maybe y'all do want some more from him and you're just going to try to lead us to think that there's this is it <laughs> yeah possibly who knows but well, I, i'm excited that he was able to create his vision and i'm happy that this movie was released finally and um it's it just a testament that you know fans do control things sometimes <laughs> yeah look at sonic the hedgehog <laughs> yeah i seriously <laughs> but our, uh anything else to say before we wrap this up uh, it was beautiful, and if you haven't watched it, watch it. And if you want somebody to watch it with you, I will watch it again for another <laughs> 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 and guide you through it all. Esteban um, will keep you company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ernesto, anything okay, else you got to say? Me, let me just say this oh, though. Sorry. So, uh, Justice League, I'm going to give it a two out of ten. Uh huh. The, the only reason the only reason it gets a two is because like my favorite characters are on film together. <laughs> That's the only reason. Uh, and then you got Justice League, which I, I mean, it's going to be bold of me to say, but I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. I just, oh, I, I oh is it going to be bold for you to say? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody oh, expected that. You? Okay. Maybe it's not bold for me to say. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Dare <laughs> I say. Dare I say it. It was a 10 out of 10. Um, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, I don't even think it compares at all to the 2017 Justice League. It but. doesn't. You, you can take that movie out. Yeah. Like. Like, just even the mere fact that this movie shows dark... Even for the fact that this movie shows dark side in the 2017, I don't think that they did. Did they? They didn't. They did. They ignored it. No. It's kind of... You know what? But you know, it's kind of an important part of the... It's kind of an important part of the plot. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Was it BVS or was it Justice League that had the the Flash come in? It was BVS. Yeah. Because in BVS, the nightmare scene in BVS, whenever Batman overlooks like the apocalyptic world, you see Darkseid's like logo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But but Um, other than that, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, you know, obviously, you know, it was a great movie, and I'm glad it was released. And uh, as, as fans of superhero content. Give us more, please. That's that's all we're asking. Give us more. It's worth the four hours. It's worth the four hours. For much. (laughs) (laughs) But we do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there you go. That was our spoiler review of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it's available to watch on HBO Max. 
And that's it. That is that is a lot of show we gave you this week. And we knew it was going to be a long show because Esteban was coming on. <laughs> the, are you suggesting that I speak too much? I, no, no but we love it. <laughs> we love it. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a negative thing. We knew this was going to be a long episode. No, no. No, it was it, we we know the subject matter. We know we know who you are. We know we know you like to talk about. We know, know what we're getting ourselves into. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you knew what this was. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I I always enjoy talking to you guys, and I always enjoy like listening to y'all's um take onto like films, television, and entertainment in general. It's it's one of my favorites. I'm constantly talking y'all up, and I am <laughs> always excited for the next time that I get to come and have some fun with y'all and just like talk about shit that we love. Movies. Absolutely. Or, you know, well, sir, you're always welcome to come back. You're always welcome to come oh, back. Oh, thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank I guess you. I kind of like you. <laughs> I kind of like you too. <laughs> Look at that. That's true friendship right there. If you want more from us, you can always hit us up on our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers. We give you Movie Showdown Mondays, recognizing the music behind the movie on Wednesdays. We'll tell you what's new to streaming on Fridays. If you head over to our Facebook page at Box Office Bingers, we'll give you more stuff you can't get on Instagram, like news, articles, and other things we like. And, and also, we can post links to videos that we also do as well. So, Facebook is also important. You know what else is important, Ernesto? Our TikTok. Yeah, look, we're on the TikTokies now. <laughs> on TikTok, we're on TikTok now. TikTok now? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Y'all are so yeah. hip. Thank you. We are we're with the cool kids now. We got we're with the TikTok. Cool kids. Yeah. I don't know how to work it, but we got it. Absolutely. <laughs> we're figuring it out as we go along. Figuring it out. That's what you Making do. it up. <laughs> we're on the TikToks. Uh, we also hear we all love to hear your responses as well as your rec- film recommendations. So you hit us up at boxofficebingers at gmail.com. Esteban, thank you again for coming on Seriously. to the show. Always a pleasure to have you on. It was a blast bringing you back on. I mean, I think we, we talked an hour before we even recorded. That, that's how much fun yeah. we have. <laughs> for our mic. And then we tried to get you on to the mic check, but, you know, freaking Instagram messed up our yeah, lives. Yeah, Instagram lives. Not... Thanks, Instagram. God. That's... But, but <laughs> you made a very entertaining, uh, um, uh, what, com- yes. what, what do you call it, chat chat board comment, comment section? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, it was fantastic. What are you, 86? <laughs> 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 you were in the chat window writing some words. <laughs> he was in the AIM chat account. Usually AOL Messenger. Is that what y'all use these days? Type So you're still using AOL Messenger and you have a TikTok? I don't think those are going to go together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those things don't exist together. Those things don't go together. Hey, we're on all platforms. Whatever we can get, man. Whatever we oh, can get. Oh, y'all only fans too? Uh, uh, well, well, not yet. Oh, so risque. <laughs> we show you that movie. We show you. That. That's where all the cover. That's where all the cover art that nobody can see on Instagram goes. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and we're like, what the hell is this? What is this? I'm unsubscribing to everything they do now. <laughs> Like, buy the box office Billinger, binger's calendar. Billinger? <laughs> Just go with it. You know what I mean. 
each month is a different movie that we love. Yeah. <laughs> in a different position. Oh my God. All right. All right. <laughs> on that, on that note. note. On that note. Seems like it's time to wrap it up right here. Yeah. There is the bell. Um, next week. We're, uh, we're, we're taking a step back. We're not talking about Oscars. We're not talking about comic book stuff. We're, going, we're diving into territory, Ernesto, we don't typically dive into. We're going to be reviewing documentary crime series with, uh, uh, with a returning guest, Jacqueline D'Agostino. She, she, she came to our show, and we talked about um, Love is Blind, a, a reality TV series. And she was like, I'll come back on, but we got to talk about crime dramas. And I was like... All right, here we go. Right. So we're we're going to be reviewing two doc, crime documentary series. So be sure to I think it's Night Stalker and the the, so the haunting. Yeah, the disappearance at the Cecil Hotel and the Night Stalker series. There you go. Both available on Netflix. So if you want to, you know, join in the conversation with us, or at least listen and be well informed, catch out those two docu series on Netflix, and then we're going to be talking about it next week. So there you go. We have more fun coming to you next week. Uh, Esteban, again, yet again. Thank you for coming, coming on to the show. Really do appreciate it. One more love time. I love on. it. Just tell me one more time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steph. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> and Ernesto knows how to shut me down. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, all right, I'm not with you. I think you're a decade ahead. He's like, and shut up. <laughs> all right, and with that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. Been Ernesto Santos. See ya.